Cat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. I am Brent Young. Hopefully we got that, that Bear Cat Bounce Podcast in the beginning. Because we're back. We're back at it yet again. And that means joined by two guys. One guy was one place on Saturday. The other guy was at the other place. I was at one place. And we had another guy that was at another place. That means that the Bearcat Journal family, the BCJ, was all around covering everything you guys need to know. We're going to cover that here on the BBP. Please, we're going to bring in my two guys, my uh, my Monday manics, my my Monday manias, my my Monday monies. Maybe my I was thinking of like a homie synonym. Can't really think of it for Monday, but Aaron, Chad, guys, gentlemen, how are we? Are you guys both muted? Did I mute both of you? What's going on? No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just trying to eat real fast. That's that's all. Aaron's muted. He's got food stuffed in his face. What are you, what are you doing? I'm, I'm we, eating, we just started. Galactic fried chicken sauce is fine. Okay. Um, should we start it over again? Should we should we just wipe it dry? Chad, how are we? I'm doing pretty good. There's 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 not enough hours in my day right now. I'm I'm trying to get stuff done, but we're getting there. We're getting what, there. What are we doing, guys? Are we eating? I'm I, not I, eating. I, Aaron's is, eating. Is it broken right now? This this is broken. It's a I'm broken good. beginning. I don't know what you what are you talking about? That means you can go to Danco Transmission to get it fixed. Head on over to our buddies, our pals, our good friends. Danco Transmission, Danco Auto Care. Mention the BBP. Mention BCJ. Get yourself a little lean up, ten dollars off your next oil change. Danco transmission. Thank you very much. Uh, one thing that really didn't need doesn't need fixed is the competition going on inside of the football program. That's right. The spring game, yet again, was held this past Saturday. Uh, a lot of winners, not many losers. Wasn't I'm not even sure if they kept track of points this year. I didn't even. Ask what was the uh, end result in this one, but uh, I tell you what, quite a lot to dig through as we have. There was definitely a, there was definitely a scoreboard. Let's let's throw that out there. It was it was in the far end of everything, and there I, wasn't know, a moving timer on said scoreboard. I I didn't notice. So yeah, maybe was, it was a was win. Definitely, there was definitely a scoreboard. Was it a win? Someone Every, won. Everyone won. Because there was those, a game. Yeah, those in attendance won. And, uh, yes, it was a a closed spring game because of the inclement weather. And, yeah, in the beginning of the day, it was very cold. And it was definitely a little icy. And definitely on my drive over from Indianapolis, it was not a fun drive at times. Could barely see due to that inclement weather that was definitely seen. We probably and, uh, crossed each other. We probably passed each other. Like yeah, ships in little, the night. A little I-74, I-5, how about it? But, uh, you know, it it was a a setting, actually, when you walked into the bubble, unlike I had really seen. You know, I didn't go to Pro Day this past, this past Pro Day, or I haven't been to one forever or ever, but it, did, it, it had a different vibe to it. <laughs> it had a different vibe to it. It really did, you know, and, and Aaron, you can be a testament to that as well. It was kind of mu- music was playing the entire time. It did have a pretty heavy crowd. Back behind the, uh, the the far end zone, and it was a good atmosphere inside of the bubble. 
Yeah, it was kind of strange when we walked in and we were more or less corralled to the one end zone. Um, and, and that's where we were initially told that we were going to have to be. And then they expanded it for the media to be behind the line of scrimmage at all times. Uh, and then several yards back from the line of scrimmage, actually. Uh, and behind the sidelines where the guys were running up and down the sidelines pretty much the whole game. Uh, so there was a lot of walking back and forth as the offense would drive. And uh, it was it was definitely different compared to last year. Well, yeah. Um, setting venue makes it a lot different. But, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it was fun to have a crowd inside of there because it got loud at times. The team seemed energized. Uh, it was also a situation yeah. where, you know, it seemed like the, you know, everyone that put it on was a little nervous on how it would come out. But within the first 10 to 15 minutes, you could see it was going to come off with, at ease. There was going to be no really hic- no real hiccups. I mean, they had a nice little little picnic area set up outside across the way from the bubble uh, for the families and, and the players afterwards to have a little bit of a, of a grill out, some, some hot dogs and hamburgers. We did not partake in those. Aaron, I think you stopped at Skyline on your way back. I 100%. I, I didn't stop anywhere. Just went straight to, to Andy and uh, typed up that, that recap. But let's go ahead and start the recap. It started with punting. And I mentioned this a little bit, and this is the fact that when you are able to, it's kind of like offensive line when I think of this. When you're able to really not think about like, uh oh, we have some deficiencies at the punter position, you know, our our punter struggles at times. This is going to be the sixth straight season for the Bearcats where you don't really have that problem. And uh, Mason Fletcher yet again out there just sky bombing numerous punts, and it just seems as if this this group is just continuing to pick up where they left off and back-to-back Aussies. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Kerry Combs has another Aussie in the, in the, you know, the, the wings waiting to come and, and help continue this legacy. But Hey, it's always good to see Mason Fletcher out there. He's no longer the rake. We can, we can move on from that. Um, I don't know. Do we have a new nickname for, I, I mean, rake has to graduate. I Why? Mean, he's put on some weight, right? Like he, he looks like he's gotten stronger. I mean, okay, but nicknames are nicknames. Sure. If your nickname's the the rake, you're the rake. Okay. Fletch is the rake. I'm down to lock that in. But yeah, he uh, started out strong, and then of course the team portion of it started, and Evan Prater was of course in in shotgun with the first team, taking the opening off of the snaps. And Chad and Aaron, I want to see. Your thoughts if this is much to do about nothing or whether it is something to think about having Evan out there with the first team to begin the spring game. I don't know. I mean, Chad, you've seen the vast majority of the most recent practices. So I don't know if Evan has done enough. I, I know that it's been a back and forth. We've I've referenced it as a tennis match. Do you think he's pulled enough away to have earned the starting job in the spring game, but not the actual starting job, but just to get the first team reps. No, I think it was probably just a matter of it was his day. And that's, they've pretty much been going back and forth. And from what I, what you guys reported and I heard Evan started the first half, Ben started the second half. It could have been a coin flip. It could have been any, but there's, there's been no indication. Anybody has 
pulled ahead because it's been such a back and forth. Like there's, you know, there's, there's things to like about both of them. There's things that, that both of them need to still continue to develop. Um, but I, I, I don't think anybody, I, I don't think who started the spring game is any indication of, of one pulling ahead of the other at this point. Yeah. So I, Obviously, I don't think it had much to do with it either. Uh, both both quarterbacks ended up probably having the same amount of snaps with the first team. They also flip flopped with the second team as well. So, right. not not much to do there. But um, another thing I noticed is the fact that when Ben came in with the second team, he drove them down and and got a field goal out of it. So you know, it it kind of was one of those where both guys come in, they compete. They're able to drive the football. They're able to get get action going, and and Ben was able to get a field goal at the end of it. But I wanted to know because obviously there was one name that showed up on on both drives at the receiver position. And now we we mentioned Jaden Thompson was out. You know, Chris Scott was out for the spring game. That's Drew Donnelly. Drew Donnelly had completions. He he had catches in both opening drives with Evan Prater and with Ben Bryant. So. That kind of caught my eye initially because it's it's one of those situations where, you know, you've got to have somewhat of a faith. It could be somewhat of a play call where you know that's that's the ball that your first option is Drew Donnelly, but it seemed like both quarterbacks were definitely comfortable with finding Drew Donnelly and getting the ball to him. And it wasn't really like Drew was going on a fly route using his speed to get separation. I mean, these are crossing routes. These are you know, ten yard ends. It, it was Drew Donnelly having a couple of good catches in the opening drives. Aaron, I, he kind of didn't do much after that, but it's good to see Donnelly getting into the mix early. Well, and you, you see a guy like Drew Donnelly, and it's his second year now in the system. He has, he wants to be on the field. So anything they ask of him, I mean, he, he earned his way into some reps with the ones, some reps with the twos. And we saw him kind of get out there and, showed flashes of that speed that we've heard so much about. So I, I think it's great for him to get out there and, and start to work on that chemistry with both Evan with Ben, as we still don't know who's going to be the starter, but especially if you have a guy go down on the outside, like a Chris Scott, like a Jaden Thompson, you know that you have a guy like Drew back there and all these reps is nothing but a good thing for him. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting because, Chaz mentioned quite a lot of, of wide receivers who have taken advantage of, of reps in practice. I believe Drew was out at a certain point throughout spring practice with an injury. So good to see him back, bouncing you back, and, and having a good start to the spring uh, game. But aside from that, we got to go back to the quarterbacks real quick. I want to wrap up the quarterback talk so we can talk start mentioning the, the, the players that were on the receiving end and those that were really breathing down their necks on the defensive side as well. Aaron, your your overall thought between seeing both Evan and Ben, you know, they both had touchdown passes. Ben's was in the red zone. Evans were were both some deep balls that were really nice touch, good accuracy on them. Your your thoughts as a whole of both sides. I mean, I feel like we got to see some of the flash that Evans always shown, where he is extremely mobile. Uh, he did have a couple deep balls that he was able to connect with on uh, with both Shaman, with uh, Tyler Scott, I believe, yep. on the other one. And uh, you know he he looked he looked good. I won't I won't say either quarterback looked great. Uh, he looked good, but he also I think was probably sacked 
more often if they were allowed to hit the quarterback uh, than Ben was. Um, he looked at times a bit indecisive with the ball, and then you'd see a weird like the there was one uh, intentional grounding penalty. Um, you know, there was one where he launched it into the stratosphere on the sideline. Um, Beautiful so pass, though. It was. It had a, it nice had spiral. Quite, quite a spiral on it. But yeah. uh, it was to the uh, upper deck of Nippert, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was It was, it was. was kind of a he, – he obviously isn't quite where we want a starter to be at this point. Um, but I think you can say the same thing for Ben Bryant, where he also looked a little indecisive at times with the ball. I don't know if it was, um, you know, I, I don't know if it was when he was running with the ones, when he was running with the twos. I don't know if it had to do with some of the injuries uh, where you have some of that chemistry with Ben Bryant, uh, where maybe he doesn't quite have it with some of the guys like a Blue Smith who was coming in with the ones and twos uh, or like a Drew Donnelly coming in with the ones and twos. Uh, so, you know, you just had some different pieces moving around where you may not have otherwise had them uh, in a game type situation. So I don't know. Like I said, neither quarterback looked great. Um, both looked good. Um, both looked like a guy that you could put in there. But I don't know how much confidence I would have right now as the, I saw things because the defense looked outstanding. Yeah, it did. Um, so I kind of looked back at the play chart that I put out there. I had... Evan going 11 of 20 uh, on the day. I had Ben going uh, 12 of 21. So both had nine incompletions. And both, honestly, the pass rush was furious. Uh, I had, I believe, 16 total sacks that were actually blown dead plays and then a handful of others that would have been, like you said, close to sacks if this was a full-go practice. Um Chad, I want to know, I, throughout spring ball, when, when they did go into the scrimmage portion of the practices, was the defensive line dominating to the fashion that you've kind of heard or, or you know, that they did they their days. Saturday? I mean, Brent, you know, I do I do this thing every day called a, a like a notebook on practice uh, <laughs> yeah. that kind of gives like a... I'm just talking know, as a whole, as a whole up to this point. I mean, yeah, there have been days that they've been very good. There, there have been guys that I've talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I really like where Eric Phillips is at. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Jawan Briggs at times just dominate, uh, you know, the, the point of attack and and eliminate the pocket and and push somebody just back into the quarterback's lap. Yep. Uh, we know Jabari Taylor is good, mm-hmm. and then you know Rob Jackson is is coming. Like he's he he's on the ups like a a fast upswing. Um, you know, they, they, as you would expect, they made him earn it. Mm-hmm. They started out the spring with him, you know, mostly running with the third team. Yep. And then you start to, okay, now he's getting a snap here, a snap there, a little run with the second team. And now he's kind of towards the end of spring over the last week or so, uh, forced himself into the conversation with that second unit. And, um, yeah, I, I've been maybe the Dave is right there with me on this. I, I love Dominique Perry. Uh, mm-hmm. I heard he did some things really well. Uh, Justin Watley, you know, we have been big on on this site for a long time. Um, I, I think there is going to be a replenish situation on the defensive yeah. line. 
Um, you know, Curtis Brooks and, and Maje were their two best guys. Yeah. Don't think there's any question on that. NFL players. Yep. But I think they're going to be okay. Like you might not have the dynamic speed rusher on the outside mm-hmm. that you had with my Jay. Right. But I, I think they're going to be all right. I think they're going to be all right. Yeah. I, I, there's one play where, you know, it was kind of just one of those read options where obviously it's going to be a, a handoff to in, in chat. I like that domination you just put in there. <laughs> a read option where, you know, it was Evan trying to make a decision on whether to hand the ball off or keep it. And before he could even make a decision, Eric Phillips was swallowing both of them up. And it was a, everyone got excited. It was a huge rise from the Black Cats. And then, of course, a couple of plays later, you had Justin Watley streaming off the edge, with, with which would have been a sack. And again, a couple of plays later, you have Dante Corleone getting a big stop in the middle of the line. And then a couple of plays later, you have Rob Jackson getting a deflection. You know, it, it just seemed as if he had a strip sack. These, yeah, it was it was all these different plays by so many different players to the point where you know you you talk about the depth that the defensive line had. And and you aren't quite there yet, I don't think, because these young players got to grow up quickly, but Man, the the promise that the defensive line showed on Saturday is probably the number one takeaway that I have. Uh, as far as quarterbacks go, I I am gonna say you know going along with what Chad says, certain quarterbacks win certain days, and I I posted this in the recap article. Is I think Evan won the day, um, and it might just be because of the scrimmage setting, kind of like a game setting where you did see when when there is this big pass rush coming, when there is you know, kind of a breakdown in the pocket. Evan does have the ability to tuck and run. Sure, you can't tackle in this in, in this scenario. You can't even touch the quarterback for, you know, for what it's worth. But Evan still was showing his just stride, just getting five, six, seven, eight yards down the field before there was even someone within touching distance of him. So um, just that dynamic that he brings to it really is something. And I thought both of his deep balls, first, of course, to Tyler Scott, that's another one where Jabbar Taylor was coming straight down at him, full speed. And I don't know if, if in a game scenario, a quarterback has that kind of mental clock where they are like, uh-oh, someone's coming right in my face. Or if they do stand up, step up, and make the throw that he did to Tyler Scott and then take that hit from Jabbar Taylor. So uh, that pass was on the dime. But really, his pass to Shamal Mateer, I think you, you saw it in the Go Bearcats Twitter handle, the highlights on there. Man, he he put that right on a line over the defense, and I think that should lead us directly to the pass catchers. Um, unless you guys want to say anything more about the quarterbacks, obviously it's going to be uh, j- just hearing them constantly mention competition, constantly mention you know how it's going to be a back and forth all the way through, uh, you know, fall practice all the way through workouts through, throughout the offseason. It's going to be a competition between the two of them, and one where I don't think we'll have a true answer on. Hope, hopefully there's there's one that does separate themselves before that game against Arkansas, but as of now, it just seems as if both You're not sides getting an really answer until it. Arkansas. Oh, <laughs> you might not find <laughs> out until the first snap. You know what I mean. Who the starting like, quarterback just kind of like where... I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. If anybody's sure. expecting a starting quarterback to be named, <laughs> don't. No. I yeah. do have one more thing to add about quarterbacks, though. Ready. Brady Lichtenberg looked... Yeah. Better than advertised. Brady did, yes. I told you guys 
the Saturday before, I was talking to Zach Caleros, and Zach Caleros was all in on Brady Lichtenberg. He is sneaky fast. He's also working with the threes, so it's a little different than working with the ones or twos, but he is he is sneaky fast. And Got a great and arm. He's a lot of fun to watch. He is a lot of fun to watch when he has the ball in his hands. Yeah, he's got a little Zach Kolaros to him, so which which would imagine I why. Him so why, yeah, I can see why Zach likes him. Which is right. Why I think Zach would like little, him. Yeah, little Northern Ohio to him. Yep, yep. So I, you know, I, I, I just hate to say it. You know, first team, second team, third team. The pass rush was just so good on all three teams. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to make a judgment on Brady. Um, for me, yes, he had a couple scrambles where he showed some athleticism, but I think you know he only ends up. Picking you know four yards, five yards here and there on these scrambles before going out of bounds. Um, the one pass completion that he really had was a jump ball to to Nick Mardner, which he you know located a mismatch and and flung it up there and and used the huge size that Mardner has to to go up and catch the ball at his high point for you know 30, 40 yard gain, which is yes, you gotta tip your cap to Brady on that. But man, the pass rush was just violent on all three teams. And uh yeah, it, Another name I want to get to this later is, is, is Chad. You mentioned it. Jaheim Thomas is going to have a, a good amount of sacks on the season. Uh, <laughs> you got to put him up there with any other defensive lineman. He is a guy that was in the backfield all the time on Saturday. And I imagine it's going to be something that continues to evolve using him in those scenarios because he was, he was really, really good on Saturday. But I want to talk about pass catchers real quick. I mentioned Martin. Uh Man, he is, as advertised, tall, long, athletic. He had two catches that were of the wild variety, and they both came with – one was, a, was with Brady Lichtenberg. The other one was with Jacob Hoying. So if that tells you anything about Nick Martiner, it's a situation where a quarterback is like, oh, no, oh, no, and then lob it up to this tall, athletic wide receiver – and let him go do his thing and catch the ball. I, I think he's going to be someone that does fill in for kind of those, you know, 50-50 balls, those, you know, fly routes, go go get it 30, 40 yards down the field, catch it at his high point like Alec Pierce has done his entire career or had done his entire career. So I like Nick Martiner, but, man, it is hard to walk away from Saturday without continuing to sing the praises of Shimon Mateo. Um, You know, he was better than advertised. He can beat you deep. He can catch balls over the middle. He can, he, and he's starting to gain a lot of confidence, a lot of trust from the quarterbacks as well. Uh, I mean, man, he is, he is a really good one, Aaron. And, and as we heard Gino mention, he's going to have a role in the offense. Yeah. He's almost like, I don't, is, is it okay to call him silky in the way that he runs his, his routes because I feel like there's a certain smoothness to the way that he handles himself on the field. Yeah, I, I mean, he's when you compare him to his frame, like when you compare how he moves to his frame, I get yeah. where coming from. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any sense watching him the physics down are, the field. The physics are silly, just and absolutely silly. But people, yeah, are, I mean, people are gonna lose I, their I, minds when I say this. Let me jump back in here real quick. He has a chance to be the best Bearcats tight end prospect since Travis. And that's 
fully acknowledging how good Josiah DeGuara was, how good Josh is, mm-hmm. how good Lenny is. This kid has the package of everything that is hard to get your brain around, right? Like Josh doesn't have that that size, right? Like the, that real tight right. end size. Josh and is like Lenny, a big wide receiver. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and Lenny doesn't have that elite athleticism, right? Shaman has the packet. He's not there yet. I'm not saying that he's there. Right. I'm saying the tools are there. Mm-hmm. That in a year or two, we're going to be looking back at this kid and going, how high is he going to be drafted? <laughs> yeah. Everybody he- always asks, like, who, who are the next guys down the road mm-hmm. that we're going to be talking about as, like, top 100 NFL prospects and like guys that, that everybody's talking about. Shamama Mateer has a chance to be one of those guys. If he keeps working. Right. Yeah. As long as he continues to put in the work. Yeah. And it, he has confidence too, which is something that oh, only, yeah. it, it boosts you that next level. You know, if you have all these physical tools, but no confidence to go out there and flaunt them, then, you know, you're just another guy. But if you have that confidence to roll with it, man, and he does. And it's awesome to see. He's he's getting interviewed now. So, you know, his his name's going to be out there. His name's already out there. We, we talk about him almost weekly. So, um, you know, it, it's, it, it was awesome to see kind of the tape, you know, the game match, the the talking. And and he's 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 a big, big-time mm-hmm. player. Um, the fact that, you know, Lenny only had one catch. And Lenny turned it up field. It was one of those – you know, the traditional, the the bread and butter play from a couple of years ago with Josiah DeGuara. You know, Lenny caught it, turned it upfield, picked up about 11 yards. So, you know, that was the one catch Lenny had on the day that I remember of. But aside from that, man, Shamal had a big day. And there was Josh cheering both of them on, instructing both of them. And, you know, that, that group right now was big time. Peyton Singletary had some flashes here and there. You know, it's just... The, the tight end room is is no doubt a strength on the team, and it was great to see Shimon out there doing it. Um, aside from that, I thought Tyler Scott, man, he uh, – first off, great interview. I, yeah, you had a chance to talk to him. I didn't want to – like I asked him how, how I thought – how he thought he did. But, and, you know, because he had, he had probably the, the best day out of the wide receivers. Yeah. And, of course, he was just very humble. He thought, yeah, I, I thought I did all right. Thought it did okay, but he was also you know. really excited to be able to step in when you have some guys going down, and he was ready for the call. So yeah, yeah, um, and and he he is always ready. He's he's a guy I think that takes that next step as well. Uh, you know, someone that is going to start to get all the talking that you know not not quite what Alec was getting this past year, but you know, kind of like as you know, here's here's the Cincinnati Bearcats. Here's Tyler Scott, you know, one of their primary main targets, big time player, player to watch throughout the game when they bring out the broadcast. But one thing that I saw with both him and Trey Tucker is in back to back plays, they ran first an end around to Trey Tucker. And, you know, Trey, we, we, we've seen that a lot, got it in space, and he was, you know, able to make a couple men miss and, and picked up good yardage. And then a couple of plays later, it was a fake end around and a reverse to Tyler Scott. 
And man, the speed and the athletic ability, because remember, Tyler Scott was a running back in high school. Trey Tucker is a speedster. Tyler Scott, obviously a speedster, ran track as well, just like Trey did. But having both of those and throwing in this, this slight adjustment that, okay, they might be running a end around or a screen, and then all of a sudden you you might have a fake and, and you find another one on the other side. And, man, it just seems as if Geno's trying to take this offense and really amp it up a notch with all these athlete, athletes that he has on the outside. I think that's going to be something that people start to recognize too is the simple fact that with Michael Young no longer here, you're going to see so much more speed out of that slot spot. Not that Michael Young was slow. That's not to say that at all. It's just right. that Trey Young, that uh, JoJo. Tucker. Tucker. Or, yeah, I'm sorry. Trey Tucker, uh, JoJo. Uh, I mean, they're, I they. I don't expect to see JoJo this year, unfortunately. Will, Will Pauling, yeah. And Will, Will Pauling Paul, is I mean, more shifty than like right. straight, straight line speed. Yeah. Not that he's slow by any stretch, but like right. he's not in the the Trey Tucker, Tyler Scott mold. Will Pauling is a is is a uh, baseball player to the track stars that Trey Tucker and Tyler Scott are. They got you know, a, a, a stolen a stolen bet a stolen base king, right? But not a, he ain't running the ten three that, that Trey Tucker ran. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I just th- I just think there's a different shift in the way that they're recruiting that position, the slot spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah no it's not just the slot though it's it's the wide receiver position wide receivers, yeah like to to see where that room was three years ago and to see where it is now yeah we is mentioned it all beyond time. night and day and, and it it's, is it's because they've went out and put an emphasis on athleticism and you know, guys that can that can create separation, um, but also, and and this is a very thin needle to thread uh, at the wide receiver spot. Finding the guys that have speed, but are also tough. Yep. You know, guys that that aren't afraid to mix it up and we'll catch and it take over a the hit, middle. Yeah. Catch it over the middle, and you know, not just like gimmicks. Like I know Trey has been used a lot as kind of a gadget guy, but that's a dude that's as tough pound for pound as anybody on this roster. So they've done a really good job, not just increasing the athleticism in that room, but increasing the, the toughness, the football IQ, like they've done in terms of doing, what they did, which was outside of Alec Pierce, pretty much an entire makeover of a room. Like it's been unbelievable what they accomplished now that you like see the job done. Like mm-hmm. that I'm not saying that room is as good as it's ever gonna get, but the 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 like if you remodel your bathroom, the, the bathroom remodel is done. You've you've Put the toilet in and the sinks, you know, you got the floors down and the grout like that room is complete and it is frightening because look, let's take a look at just the spring game, right? Mm -hmm. You guys are still talking about how good the wide receiver room looked, right? Mm -hmm. Chris Scott and Jaden Thompson weren't there. Yeah. 
like they had both gotten dinged up in mm-hmm. the practices the two days or the, the the week before Tuesday and Thursday, um, and you, there's not a there's not a dip. Yeah. Like it, you honestly have to start wondering as we get to the season, how are you going to get how are you going to get all these guys happy? Yeah, how how, how are you going to keep everybody fed? Right. I you know and and that's the thing though. I it it seems as if it's. Not only are there all these athletes, it seems like they all are really understanding their role and they're really taking this competition thing and, and owning it and running with it. And that's great to see. It's only going to make each one of them even better. And of course, we mentioned, you know, the, the tight ends already. They kind of take over that possession wide receiver role in this offense that used to be kind of what littered the entire wide receiver room before all of these new high athletic players came in. So awesome to see. Uh, I want to talk on running backs real quick. Uh, obviously, Ryan Montgomery was out in this one. Miles Montgomery was the star to me. Um, man, he... We, we keep saying that, huh? He he looked good, man. I you know it. And, I and think that's funny. a fair assessment, yeah. It's it's funny because he uh, he's like, you know, uh, I haven't been able to, to get to practice. So I like him out there, and I'm like, okay, I know... Miles Montgomery is going to be featured in the backfield. But then, of course, you, like, see him out there. You see him making plays, and you're like, are we sure this is Miles Montgomery? Did, did you know, did Chuck not accidentally wear his jersey today or something? Just just the way Miles is so shifty. He's, he's the only guy that really was patient, hit the hole, made a move in the hole, and then picked up extra yardage after that, out of, out of the running backs. You know, Chuck had a couple I- where – I disagree. I think okay. let's let let's hear because I I had the play chart. So let's, I think let's hear I think thought. early on early on I think Ethan had a couple of those. Ethan didn't. I, so, so the thing about Ethan is this. I think and it's Ethan, it's tough to tell because no one's really wrapping and tackling or anything like that. And well, he's yeah. hitting holes, kind of running just north and south. But yeah, that's that's what I was. So Luke mentioned it about how it was no tackling. You know, mm-hmm. contact until the mm-hmm. tackle. And how he thinks that actually hurts the offense more than it does the defense because the offense doesn't have the ability to to break tackles. You know, it's kind of like a tap and you're down type situation. Well, what are the big runs that we remember the most from Evan from the past year? You know, we remember the runs at USF where he broke one, Ethan? two, three, four, five. Yeah, Ethan. Yeah. You, you said Evan. Ethan. I got Evan. you. I, I got you. Doing, I got you. Whatever. Ethan. Ethan Wright. All the runs that he had at USF where he broke numerous tackles, those were the main ones that we were all talking about. You know, and so when when he hit the hole in this one, yeah, he hit the hole, but he was whistled down like three yards past the line of scrimmage. Um, he, Like you said, he's a north-south guy. He's going to have a lot of broken tackles. In this setting, it's not really his his thing. He, he had one giant play, though. It, it was a wheel route out of the backfield. And Ben just kind of lobbed it out to him. Ethan ran underneath it and was able to pick up good yardage, about 35, 40 yards. So he's going to be a big-time tool. But as far as being shifty and and kind of, you know, finding open creases and and able to turn on some burners and pick up extra yardage, I thought Miles Montgomery was really the one that was able to do that. I expected Chuck to do it, but Chuck was kind of bottled up a little bit at times. He, he had a couple jump cuts where – you see, okay, the legs are there for Chuck again. But it's he was coming never back really on that front. One. Yeah, yeah, he was never never yes. really to break one. But 
but yeah, I, I think Miles was showing me things that could make you say, okay, when given he ample looks carries, like a lead back. Yeah, when given ample he carries, looks he's like a lead make back. It happen. He does. I'll, I'll, I'll make an excuse for, for the first team offense when Chuck was out there, though, in that you're missing two starters on your offensive line, and the defensive line was just insane all day. No matter Miles, what, yeah, but if Miles played with the first team too, they were all three were rotating first and second team for the most part. But then your second team is also missing two primary guys on the second team. Yeah, that's, you got that's, third team guys with well, the I, second team at those that, two spots. Then. I guess that's my whole point, though, is everyone had to shift up. So you're yeah. missing guys either a that they've worked with more than the other guys, and right. b just that you're missing two starters. Yeah, I agree. And then, I mean, Ryan Montgomery's going to come back. He's going to be as steady as he always was. His his run at USF, Miles Montgomery, sorry, uh, Ryan Montgomery's at USF, one of my favorite runs of the year because he broke numerous tackles, spun out of one, and you know took it the distance. Had to break a couple more at the uh, at the goal line. That was a really great run. So he'll come back and and add things. But man, it's a uh, it's fun to see kind of just that depth with with Miles Montgomery. He's going to make a name for himself and. I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch how that evolves. Uh, one play that I really liked uh, with the running backs was, and and it was one that I think the fan base, I know I was really calling for it, is just a quick pitch. And we saw it at times, a quick pitch to the running back. You know, the quarterback takes the snap, quick pitch out to the running back, give him a head start going around the edge. Two pulling linemen leading the way. And man, both times, that they ran it, they picked up about eight, nine yards, and who knows if, if it wasn't whistled dead, you break a tackle here and there, and you you pick up even more. Um, that was an awesome play to see. One time we saw Big Cam Jones barreling down, and him pulling and trying to take someone out. Man, that is a uh, it's a scary sight to see. So now, wasn't um, it a pitch though that Pace intercepted? Or was it was it Pace or was it no Jamal Williams? Jamal Williams. I messed that up when I was talking to you about it. That yeah, no, J- yeah, Jamal Williams. I, it, it was like we didn't really get good eyes on it because I it was a fumble of some sort. And Jamal, it was Jacob Hoying. I don't think it. Back. I don't think it hit the ground though. He either tore it away right. from the running back or he just Jacob intercepted Hoying the was pitch. that was that quarterback? I think it was like Sean Thomas or someone at running back. And yeah, I mean Jamal Williams came and he grabbed that. You saw his athleticism just running forty yards untouched into the end zone and then almost mm-hmm. got a sack the very next play. So um, youth defensively, but yeah, this quick pitch run with two polling offensive linemen in front of you, man, that was uh that's, that's getting the body of athletes in space with a couple of big hog mollies leading the way. So man, I loved it. Hog mollies you say? Yeah. All right. You never heard that. I'm, I'm here that for phrase? it. No, I've, I've heard, I've certainly heard it. I just, have not heard that term in years. Oh, well done. Well, a little, little football in my past. But, um, yeah, so so aside from that, uh, I thought the offense as a whole had had some really bright times. Um, but, man, the defense was so good. Defense was really, really good. Um, we've already kind of touched on that defensive line. I want to touch on linebackers real quick. Ivan Pace made a tackle for loss, kind of, you know, the second play of the scrimmage where he kind of just – shot through a gap and immediately brought down the the running back. It was, you know, Ivan Pace seems a lot like his brother, not physically, but 
kind of with, with the sense of having a nose for the football, just knowing where it is at all times. Because mm-hmm. he was, a, whenever he was on the field, he was around the football. I didn't get to see the great hair that you mentioned before. First no, team he all cut hair. It. He cut it. Because he, he did cut it. But, but yeah, I mean, he is, he, he's a big dude. He's someone that's going to be able to, to really help out on the running game. But man, linebacker, Will, Will Huber, he, he looks like he's ready to make a giant leap. And speaking of giant leaps, I think Jaheim Thomas would be the number one player for me to select that's going to explode this year. Um, have every, everyone talking about him with how good he's – he's very, very good. If he's not rushing the quarterback and getting a sack, then he's right there in coverage getting a tackle or right there tackling the uh, the running back for a minimal gain. He was all over the field, and he had a really good game. Well, and he was one of the players I pointed out that just stood out to me on, at the very first practice mm-hmm. I attended, uh, which was their their very first practice of the spring. Yeah. And physically, he stands out just as how much his body has changed since last year, even. And just to see him kind of being all over the field, you, you even saw um, when the first teamers weren't in the game, they were standing kind of right in front of us. And it was like, him, Will Huber, uh, Jabari, and they're all just talking about the plays and and including uh, Pace in a lot of those conversations too as he was on the sideline the whole game. Um, but just, you know, they're, they're very cohesive as a unit, I think. Yeah, they are. And, uh, man, they are going to be really, really good. I think Huber might have kind of that step that Darian Beavers took um, where, you know, going into the season – he just looks the part. Um, I don't think Will Will here was getting as much talk as he deserves because he he's he is a big dude. He was flying all over the field. I think he's going to have some really big plays. And of course, you know we mentioned him. You know, transitioning over from tight end, and he's he's a guy that's going to only continue to improve with the more snaps he gets at the linebacker position. So mm-hmm. man, I but he looks ready to step in and really have a huge impact. So. Yeah, linebacker was was fun to watch. Really fun to watch. Um, defensive backfield, man. Uh, I want to know your thoughts. The, there were zero interceptions on the day. There was one pick that was negated because it was a it was an offsides penalty on the defensive line, so it was kind of a free play. Jacob Dingle was able to come up and intercept it. A, a quick shout out to Jack Dingle. He had a couple of good plays, but zero interceptions on the day. Uh, th- there was a massive pass rush, which a lot of those were probably some covered sacks as well, um, but zero interceptions. Do you read into that at all? Is that more of a nothing to do about anything? Because it seemed as if, like, yes, the defensive backs did a pretty solid job throughout the day, I thought, but no no really big plays made intercepting the ball or, or fumbles or anything of that sort. I think if you were truly playing live, you would have certainly seen some interceptions or some uh, or, or some fumbles of some sort, only because there there was so much pressure. I think the yeah. defense would have forced some kind of turnover. Uh, on right. more, more, I mean, like I said, there was a strip sack um, from uh, help me out here, Rob Jackson. Yes, thank you. Uh, but yeah, there there was there was certainly have been some some turnovers. So I think the, the defense was truly getting after it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. We I, It's hard to say what would have happened had there been live ball, but 
I don't know. I think it would have been a little different. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, Justin Harris was starting with the first team mm-hmm. opposite of Arquan Bush. To me, I, I don't think there's a clear favorite on that other corner position. Opposite it, of more Arquan. often than not, it's been Bumpus. Right. But Justin has been making a move. He's had a he's had a really good camp. Um, remember, they had to kind of ease him back in because he's recovering from a broken neck. Yeah. Um, kind, kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. On, again, maybe the most violent collision I've ever seen in sports. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was that scary. Yeah. Um, but that's a kid, like... Justin was the highest ranked cornerback in the Mod Gardner's class, right? Like yep. highest ranked is, in, in his class, period. Yeah, there is there is a, a talent level there yeah. that he has not had the ability to display yet. Yep. So would it be a surprise if Justin Harris found himself as the starting field corner? No. No, I don't think so. Um, but it's a look when you're replacing sauce and Kobe yeah, and you're not scrambling to find talent. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Right. Um, it's, it's a good problem to have. And guess, guess who else is making a move? Number six was with the second team. A lot. I'm Thank told. you. Yeah. Number six was with the second team. A lot. I'm told. And you don't see a lot of, you know, guys that are supposed to be going to prom this weekend, right. running with the twos in the spring game. That kid, and 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 you still got bump, and you still got Sammy. Yeah. So that's you, here's what I was thinking of. The depth is is it still it's just great. blows your mind. No, it's great. It, so so here's what I was thinking about a little bit. So Kobe was a mainstay, clearly, um, and then. Yeah. Cam Jeffries was opposite Kobe. Yep. Cam Jeffries was steady. He was, you know, good. Never really spectacular. So I right now it was kind of a, a feel of, of Arquan steady and, and, and great like Kobe. Opposite of Arquan, you got a lot of players that kind of you know, the Todd Bumpuses and, and this Justin is not Harris's. to take anything away from Cam Jeffries because Cam Jeffries was good and I like Cam oh, Jeffries he was a good. lot. He was good. He's not as good as Justin Harris, Todd right. Bumpus, Sammy right. Anderson. Well, no. Well, the the whole entire group as a as a whole was taking that next step. But when you then had Sauce get some extra reps and and show the talent that he had, then the staff was starting to be like, "Wow, this this Ahmad Gardner is pretty good." JQ it was, was starting to do that for me. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was. I don't want to say it was an accident, but it was a wrinkle in a game plan. Yeah, yeah. Because you, I, UCF throws bombs, you got to bring in backups to keep them part fresh. Of, yeah. Part of UCF strategy is to wear down your corners, right? By running go routes. Yeah. And Marcus Freeman said, "We're not going to let that happen. We're going to rotate corners. We're going to keep their legs fresh." Mm-hmm. And it just so happened. That sauce rotated in on that series where the pick six happened. And then the pick six happened, and there was no slowing the sauce train from there. Remember, though, remember, this is important. Sauce didn't enroll early. No. Sauce was a summer enrollee 
that really got his first reps at higher ground. And yes, JQ is going to be sure. But the point being, JQ is going to be six months ahead yeah. of Sauce when the season rolls around. JQ is going to have an entire spring practice under his belt when he arrives at higher ground. Keeping that kid off the field is they're going to have to like work to keep him off the field because he is produced in a factory. He, he was produced in the cornerback factory. <laughs> right? JQ is two years ahead of Sauce. At the, physically? Physically. He is the same weight and maybe a little bit heavier than Sauce right now. Yeah. He's listed at 6'3", 198. Yep. Sauce is max 6'3", 200 pounds. To give you an idea, though, as to how much this actually means to JQ, I had a chance just to say hi real quick as he was running off the field. And I was like, JQ, I see you running with the twos. Oh, you saw that, huh? And just gave me just the biggest smile he had in his arsenal. Like, I mean, just the kid is, is amped. He is. And, well, and so here, so here's the thing about JQ. He had one play where he blew up a screen that would have gone for more yardage, shows his physicality. Then, then the one play that he was really shown in coverage was on a, you know, a free play that was a a jump. It was an offsize on the defensive line, and it was a jump ball to Nick to, to Nick Martiner. Uh-huh. Now Nick Martiner had already caught two jump balls. In the practice, so I mean, it's odds are he's going to come down with it. No, JQ was there; it was past breakup. Sure, play one play doesn't even count. You know, it's a it's it's a free play, dead play. But man, just the ability for him to 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 stay on Martiner to show his physicality and his size in defense. Yeah, you know how difficult it is to get a ball away from six six Nick Martiner. Yeah. Like it's you know, a lot of cornerbacks look like me compared to that guy. <laughs> I'm just picturing that. <laughs> sure. I'm I'm not even gonna touch that. I was about to not I'm not even touching it. But no, uh that's fine. You can fire away whatever shots you want, just know. Good, good looking guys. Good looking guys. That's all I got. Good okay, looking guys. Okay. There you go. There you go. Um, but no, yeah. So I JQ did a lot of things I really liked. And like I said, he's like, I mean, you even think about it. Ken Jeffries had an interception in the red zone in that UCF game as well. Sure. So like I me, said, it was just it was just the game design. Yeah. That had sought like that was the game plan. Right. Was to cycle corners so that they didn't get worn out. And it right. just so happened that Sauce's turn to cycle in. Mm-hmm. Was when they tried to run that dig route. Sauce jumps it, takes yep. it in for six, and then you couldn't you couldn't get him off the field. Exactly, exactly for three so, years, and now he's he's going to be you know a top five pick in the draft. That's beautiful, um, but yeah, it, and it sets the stage for JQ Hardaway to watch Cincinnati games and go, hmm, that guy looks a lot like me. Maybe maybe I can go there. And do the things that that guy did, right? No, I agree. I agree. So I thought he was good. I, and they had a uh, Jaquan Shepard came came on a corner blitz like Sauce did this past year. So good to see that 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 seems like it might still be something they keep in the repertoire. Um, 
Sammy Anderson and Taj Ward both had tackles for losses slash sacks in the game as well, coming from the uh, nickel corner position. So, you know, we saw Arquan do that a lot throughout his career so far. So I just rinse and repeat, man. Uh, a lot of deep talent on that cornerback squad. But for me, no one really solidified themselves on Saturday as that starter opposite. I think they all had bright times. Um, and I think JQ is, is the absolute future and we'll see how quickly the future becomes the present um, safety. Hicks was solid. Hicks was Hicks. Uh, he's, yeah. he's, he's a guy that's going to continue to give you just that. I, I mean, remember he was top 10 in turnovers two seasons ago when he played an entire season as a starter. So he has that playmaker ability. Now, next to him, man, Jacob Dingle was was good. He, I, I didn't see him make any glaring mistakes. But the way that Brian Threats, Armarion Smith, and even Isaiah Cox just fly, to, fly at the football and hit is crazy to see. Um, it's Aaron, usually Armarion Smith. Yeah. Oh, he's Isaiah, the hitter. Isaiah Cox had the, had the hit of the game. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And then, and, and Brian threats had some big time hits as well, but Cox had one where it was, it was a play on the far sideline. And then you kind of lose it because you're, you're so far away from the play and you see all these bodies in front of you. And then you just hear a collision. You hear like a, like a car wreck and man, it was loud. It was blew up the entire defense. The, the whole defense just, went crazy and uh man it was it was Isaiah Cox and he is a player that you know Brady has mentioned that staff has mentioned and you know all these different guys they want to get on the field somehow just makes you really think how how special some of these special teams will be with with them you know barreling down on kickoff or you know on punt team or something of those sorts I I'm excited to see the youth at the safety position because man they are they look good, really, really good. So um, I, I don't think that that starter next to Hicks is really penciled in yet either. I think Dingle obviously has the the edge for now, but, man, threats looked really good. Armarion Smith had some plays, and then Cox had that really big big hit as well. So um, excitement at the safety position. Aaron? No, I, I definitely agree. I mean, we talked about it even afterwards when I was trying to ask you, like, because I was I was looking for numbers. You're charting plays, and I'm like, where are all of these guys playing? Because they're moving everyone around so much. But I, I think that kind of because you have the depth at safety that you have, um, and and in the secondary in general, you can kind of play with your toys, right? You, you, that's why and, we've seen the different coverages that Chad's talked about all spring. Yeah, that's why well, we're able to yeah. see these different looks. Yeah. Think about so you know obviously Leroy Bowers is getting some some love. Uh, Sincere Lewis is like he looks like a, a junior. Fun. That's a good looking kid, man. He looks like a junior, man. He does. He and, certainly doesn't look like a freshman. Even like in his face, he doesn't look like a freshman out there. Like and I, I, special teams is going to be awesome. Um, yeah, I think you you've got two of the best gunners in the country, in in Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker. I don't know if they'll still be doing it. I'm sure they will because that's my that's my what guess. Likes to do, but I guess we'll we'll get a look at Drew Donnelly at one of those spots. Like, yeah, all right, you say you got some wheels, kid. Right. 
Good. Right. Let's see what you got. Are you are you as good as these two? Because Mason Fletcher will tell you he had the freshman season he had mm-hmm. largely because of Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker. Yeah. So so they now were what? Monsters. Donnelly on one side, Shimon Mateer on the other, and just just go. I just love this. Aaron. Out there. Aaron, what do you think <laughs> about this? I don't think it's possible. Matt Chick, if you actually listen, I actually had some criticism in there. If you actually would go back and listen. But you say your criticism nicely. Yeah, which is how the world should be. <laughs> which is how the world should be. Okay, you want me to be negative? Ryan Coe missed two field goals. That's not negative. That's just a fact. Yeah. Well, I said He's it He's not a bubble kicker. He's I said it kicker. negatively. <laughs> When he kicks in Nippert, he's been really good. When he kicks in the bubble, he I don't know what it is. I think he tries – I think there's something about the bubble where he's trying to, like, hit the top of the bubble with his kicks instead of just kicking field goals. Yeah. Because his accuracy in the bubble isn't anywhere close to as good as his accuracy at Nippert Stadium. It's weird. That is it's weird. really weird. Maybe that's just maybe all everybody has that, but I haven't noticed it because the kickers lately have not been good in the bubble or out of the bubble or in their dorm rooms or wherever they're kicking. They haven't been good at it. Uh, and I'm they're, kidding. They're good in the auto shops, though. Yeah, but no, I I just I I it's been weird to watch. <laughs> I love Cole Smith. I, I've been a it's Cole been, Smith fan my whole life. So. I know. It's just been weird to watch Cole when he kicks in the bubble as opposed to when he kicks outside. Because when he kicks outside, like when he kicks inside, he, it's line drives. Like he's right. he's really driving through the ball. When he kicks outside, it's got a lot more loft. It's got a lot more like trajectory and accuracy. Um, and I'm guessing, I'm not a kicking expert, if uh, I don't, a dome stadium is not the problem, Jason. He's not going to hit the dome. I can promise you that. Um, I, I like maybe Bearcat Man, who's like a, a kicking expert, uh, like professionally, mm-hmm. like that's what he like. He trains kickers. Um, maybe he can explain it. Like line drives, I guess, just aren't maybe aren't as accurate as like when you get a little loft on the ball and and aim a little bit more precisely i guess i don't know well and and it's not a real goal goal post either it's kind of mm-hmm. you know a makeshift screen uh but right. yeah, it, yeah i mean he he smokes the ball though yeah he's his leg is a monster like there's no question about his leg strength at all yeah so i, I that part i'm not worried about but yeah uh, two two for four but still he, he made one from like 49 48 so it's like yeah, sure. It's it's there. Um, and like you said, I'd love to see him at Nippert and see how how he does, but he looks like a weapon. Um, no longer on the broadcast are they gonna have like the target field goal line at like the 15. They're gonna move it back <laughs> a little bit more. So it'll be uh it'll be good to see. Um but yeah. Might even get to the 35 for that target line. Big time, big time. Um anything else on this, guys? I'm gonna wrap it up and, and head on over to uh No, I think you guys did a look. I, I put it well, on the board. I d- Go ahead, Aaron. I did have I, I did have one more observation. Fine. People want well. People want to know about the new coaches, right? 
One of the new coaches stood out to me, and it was Walt because his energy. We were on the defensive sideline, right? And I expected Kerry Combs to be the one whose energy stood out to me. I don't think I even heard Kerry Combs, which is crazy. Yeah. But Walt was very high, high energy up and down the whole time. First one out on the field celebrating a, a, a tackle, a hit, whatever, or a defense. Uh, like a His defense position group played the best. He was just – he was on fire. And for those of you who are wondering what you were going to see out of – at least out of Walt, I think you're going to see a lot of high energy. It reminded me, at least in the way he, he carried himself, a lot of one Perry Eliano who used to be here. Yeah, it was it was funny because, like you said, Chad, his position group played the best. But during halftime, and going to peel back the curtain a little bit here, Walt was talking to the defensive lineman, and the the first thing he said is, you know, you guys have had terrible body language, and it's like, you know, like you got to find something to get on him about, you know, because aside from that, your play has been dominant, <laughs> but let's. Let's focus on the body language a little bit. You know, it, it, I just thought it was uh, it was good to know that, you know, you're never going to, you know, great job, here's a cookie. You always got to just stay on top of them. So it's great. Brent, Brent. Yo. Yo. Have you ever had homemade? Homemade? Yeah. The ice What's cream? Home- no, it's in the Noblesville uh, shopping plaza. Oh, no. What's, uh, no. what is it? It's like Panera on steroids. Okay. Hmm. Sandwiches, soups. I had a, uh, I had a club turkey okay. ham bacon on a buttery croissant. Croissant. I got some. I got some chocolate chip cookies. I got some oh. Buckeyes. Oh. They have their own homemade ice cream, like twenty flavors of homemade ice cream. It, it's called homemade. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Right as you pull it, you know where the Noblesville Shopping Center is, right? Like the. Yeah. That yep. outdoor outdoor mall, right there. It's it's right by uh, Klipsch. Right or, when you or, pull into that bad Park, boy, you say. it's right right when you pull into that bad boy. It's like the first store. Okay, okay. I got that on my way out of Noblesville. Yep. Oh boy, bussin'. it was it was bussing, 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 two bussins. There we go. There we go. Uh, well, hey, that's a that's a pretty good uh, segue there, Chad. You didn't even mean to do it, but first no, I before- did. First, before we do that, Aaron. Brent. Whoa, that one that one erupted on my TV screen. Did you know that Urban Artifacts Building, the historic St. Patrick Church, is 150 years old? They operate their tap room in the basement, and upstairs they offer the reliquary. I think I got that right. The reliquary, an event space. Oh. Swing by Urban Artifacts Northside Tap Room. Mention Bearcat Journal, and you get two dollars off a flight of four tasters. I think it's reliquary, reliquary, reliquary. I don't know. I talked to. I talk well, to don't Scott correct me if you don't know. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? Reliquary. I, I, I'm telling you, it's relic, relic, reliquary. That's what I said. Reliquary. Yeah, I, I was. I was. Yeah, I was. Agreeing. You're welcome. I think I think it is indicating you think I'm wrong. This timestamp is brought to you by Urban Artifacts. I am drinking teak, teak. Not Aaron loves the teak. Aaron loves himself the teak with a tikka masala. Teak was pretty good. 
the Indian food. Teak from Urban Artifact. I went I went back to the well on the lemon lime tart oh. tonight. So you know it's um, good if you go back to the well, right? Is that like spy glass? Well, that spy glass. Yeah, it is yeah. the it is the spy glass. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. There we go. Very good. Mm. Mm. It's tasty. Um, but yeah, this uh, it's a good one. My stock is dwindling. I'll I'll say that much. I was told that there may be uh, when some new flavors come out, there may be a a new shipment. So we'll we'll see. Uh-huh. Don't hold your breath, but we'll see. Man, if 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 Matt Chick thought that I was. Too positive after you said that, man. You might want to turn off the rest of the podcast. There you go. Paul Brinker giving you the uh, <laughs> the phonetics. Rel Equary. The Rel Equary. Rel Equary. The Rel Equary. <laughs> Rel Equary. There we go. Very good. Very good. Uh, so, chat, you were taking in some basketball, some some round ball, as they say, on the hardwood. Um, in the uh, beautiful city of Indianapolis, Naptown, city that doesn't sleep. Tell us what you were able to uh, to partake in. It seems like it was a... Uh, I was able to that city sleeps hard. What are you talking basketball? about? No, we only nap, Aaron. Uh, yep. Some, some, some good basketball. So names that stood out, obviously, Rayvon Griffith is, is the number one name to take away from that. And from what I well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Okay, okay. Paul, if there's not so much REL, then don't capitalize the REL. That's if you're doing a pronunciation guide and you capitalize REL, that means that it gets all the REL. That would be the accent mark. Come on, Paul. Anyhow, sorry. Yeah, we're having well, we're having a we're having a a, a, discuss, a, a chat. I feel, I feel like this word is from the sixth century. Let's be all the way honest, and it, it was left there also. Just yeah, saying, probably. Fair. I'll get a message from Scott. I know he's gonna be like, I even told you what it was on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> dipshit. I'm not, Chad, look, there's a lot going on right now in my brain. Reliquary is not at the top of my. Uh, to-do list. I'll tell you two it, words we don't struggle pronunciating. That is Rayvon Rayvon Griffith. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, we've hit this a couple times on on nightcaps, um, and I I've hit it uh, on the on the site. He was really good, man. Like it, there is, there is uh, a development in his game, and I'm sure that Parish's relic of saints were stored. Thanks, Paul. Um, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with like the team Paul. he's on. Yeah. Like... Gabe Cups. Reliquary. There we go. Uh, he's got Gabe Cups that's going to Indiana. He's got Reed Shepard that's going to Kentucky. Like, there's a lot of talent on that team. Right. <laughs> so he's got a chance to instead of being the guy, being a guy that gets to yeah. blend it, like how it's going to be in college. Right. When you've got guys around you that can play and you get to like do your thing free of the defense looking at you and saying, if we stop you, we win. Right? Yeah. 
And that includes he defended well, he rebounded. As I've said a couple times, he passed as well as I've seen him pass. And some of that is when you've got, you know, talented scorers, you've got the opportunity. There's a lot of passing, a lot more passing lanes open than he's used to seeing. But you still have to do it. You still have to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, he shot the three ball well. Really, the <clears throat> the only time that I thought he maybe struggled a little um, was on Sunday. They played Sunday, I think, at 9.30 after going triple overtime on Saturday night. In a like a hard fought knockdown drag out game that they eventually lost because apparently Peja Stoyakovich's kid is awesome. Shocker. Yeah, shocker. Peja Stoyakovich's kid is awesome. I think I heard he made 11 free throws in in the three overtimes combined. Well, well, let's be honest, isn't the NBA now or basketball in general where Peja's game would have been even better? Yeah. than it was when he was in the NBA. <laughs> For sure. Um, but he just, he he looks so much more advanced, so much more comfortable in his game. He's no longer the athletic prodigy, right? right. He's no longer like, uh, you know, just so physically advanced that nobody could do anything with him. Mm -hmm. Like in seventh grade, he's dunking in front of LeBron. Yeah. Right? Like, he doesn't have to, like, carry that mantle anymore. He can just play. And so many kids have such a hard time going from middle school viral sensation to actual complete, like, not complete, but, like, as complete as you can expect – a kid going into his senior year where they can shoot it from three. They can pull up and hit a mid range. They can attack the rim and score. They can pass, they can rebound, they can defend. They can, you know, they're not elite at all of those things, of course. And I'm not saying that Rayvon's elite at all those things. What I'm saying is he is proving that he's a guy that's going to be able to step in early in his career and do things well enough to help you. And that's the step I've been waiting for from Rayvon. Last year at this time, I was a little worried that, is he going to take that next step? Mm-hmm. Is it going to come together? He struggled shooting it last spring and summer, I thought. like, And, and that makes him one-dimensional. And if you're a one-dimensional straight-line driver, the game becomes very difficult for you in college. Mm-hmm. And he is busting through that mold. He has clearly put in the work. He won a state championship with Taft. He's clearly playing with the confidence of a kid that just won a state championship, right? That that just showed I'm there. Like I I, I can get it done. Right. Um I I was really, really impressed with uh with Rayvon this weekend, for sure. Yeah, you know, and and it was kind of like you know, you mentioned how he has all these other pieces around him. Well, he still showed winning the state championship that he it can do it with as being the guy as well. But like you said, yeah, if if he's a complimentary guy, he's going to be able to go out there and, get, and, and really perform at a high level as well. So 
really great to hear. He he released his top five yesterday, uh, last night. And uh, man, at at one point, I believe he had 107 replies, and 88 of them were Cincinnati related. So huge shout out to the fan base. Huge shout out to the fan base, man. A large majority were UC, and then. Just as an aside, Isaiah Collier was like, hey, can I get some love? And the UC fan base dominated his mentions last night, too. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, man. It's, you guys are it's, killing it on that front. And trust me, it makes a difference. Kids notice. Oh, in the, in the day of social media and growing they, the brand name and everything, yeah. Are they picking a school because who blows up their mentions? No. Right. But when they're looking at where am I going to go that I know – the fan base is going to love me. The fan base is going to have my back. Stuff like that has a secondary effect. Yep. That makes kids think of schools more favorably than than others. So, Chad, the question is this. Hometown hero, you were able to talk with, with Rayvon on yep. Saturday. Obviously, he's going to give people answers. At, at this point in the recruitment, it's it's – it's political answers for the most part, but were you able to kind of get a sense or, or feel that? No. Well, no, <laughs> they're not. Like, he's not giving. He's not tipping oh, his no, hand. No, no, I meant like just, just as that that Cincinnati is is a definite horse in the race type ordeal. Not, not yeah. that he's tipping his cap to. Oh, I'm committing here. Don't tell anybody. I'm dropping my top five, but kind of just in. In an overall sense, because yeah, Cincinnati's very much in the mix. They are very heavily involved. I think if I had to pick, uh, I would say the three most relevant schools in his recruitment are Cincinnati, Alabama, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did not see a head coach from Ohio State there. I did not see a head coach from Alabama there. Wes Miller was there on Friday night. Uh, there was one Ohio State assistant that I saw, I think, Saturday. Um, but Cincinnati had uh, multiple coaches there Friday night, including Wes Miller, mm-hmm. Mike Roberts for the first game on Sunday, Mike Roberts and Chad Dollar for the second game on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me. And then Mike Roberts again uh, on Sunday morning to watch him. So uh, they're making it clear that, you know, Rayvon, you're our guy. We we need to we need to keep you in Cincinnati. I said this to Aaron last night. Mick Cronin had Yancey Gates. Luke Fickle had Jarrell White, and then in the next class, Josh Wiley and Malik Van. This is Wes Miller's. You know, like you got to get Rayvon done, and then probably you got to get Tyler McKinley done in the 2024 class. And if that's the case, then you can say, look. We're putting a stamp on Cincinnati. We're going to keep, if they're the right fit and they're the right player and they're about the right things, we're going to keep our local kids home and they're going to put on red and black. Stay out of my city. (laughs) Um, Especially if you're from Norwood. There we go. Uh, Leave that there. But would you say, so he posted that and he said recruitment's still wide open. Top fives are obviously. You mean, you mean Collier? No, no, no. I oh, right. I mean, they all say like the kids yeah. want love. Like they want as much right. love as they can get. Now, here's the thing: 
he continues to play like he did this weekend, mm-hmm. who knows what happened? Like, right. He's already a top 50 kid. Yep. And if he shows he's getting better, then more people are going to jump in. That's how recruiting works. Yeah. If you're Wes Miller in Cincinnati, you got to be able to hold that off. You got to build on that relationship. The kid was in multiple games during this basketball season. He was at Nippert Stadium for football games. He's been to practices. He's been around the program. Got to get it done. Like there's, that's what this recruitment has come down to. I think here's the thing. So there are, there are times there are local kids that have a lot of hype and then they kind of fade and the coaching staff has to make a decision. Like this is going to be a tough one. If we bring the kid in because the kid's probably not going to get what he wants right away because he's got to develop. And being a developmental recruit at home is difficult because what happens? You, you go you go three games in the middle of January and you play eight minutes, right? And all your boys, everybody, coach doing you wrong, man. Look, man, you got you got to get in the game. I can't. Your mom's in your ear. Your dad's in your ear. Like it's hard. Yeah, it's hard as a kid. Like that's that's what. People don't, the mental side of that is difficult. You got to be sure you're right mm-hmm. in those situations. You got to be sure I'm going to be able to play this kid and things are going to be good and it's going to work. Because if not, it's a problem. Right. And I think Rayvon answered those questions this weekend. Yeah. That, that I'm going to be good enough to get on the floor and earn my minutes. Yep. So if that's the case, you got to get it. And I don't think it's a random coincidence that Isaiah Collier is there in the mentions every time well, that Rayvon has something. Exactly. Exactly. They become friends. That is there. There's no question about that. So, you know, if you get one, that doesn't mean you get both. Right. It'd it be fun you, if we did, though. It means you increase your chances of getting both. And Wes was at every outside of Friday night because he was in Indianapolis. He was at every Isaiah Collier game the rest of the way. And my guess is he'll be at pretty much every Isaiah Collier game in two weeks when the EYBL is in Indy. And he still saw Trey Green. And they're still keeping look a, a, a look at Aiden Holloway, who I really like Aiden Holloway too. Like that's a kid. He, he's like top, top six or seven in scoring in the EYBL for the weekend. Scored almost 19 points a game. <laughs> Wes has a priority on landing high-level point guards. Yep. Not okay point guards, high-level point guards. And uh, weird considering he was a point guard. Right? <laughs> so strange. <laughs> so very strange. Um, Chad, obviously you posted your, your notebook from the weekend. That's uh, part of it. I, I, right. I, I, it's been a, it's been a long day today. Yeah. Uh, I'll get more probably tomorrow. I don't know that I'll get to it tonight. Um, what, what were you going to ask? Just, just kind of peep that for, for the other names that you saw this weekend. Obviously no, that's, that's premium content. We, I'm not going to give it all away. I, that's why I said peep that. Oh, okay. I thought you were telling me to like talk. No. No, I was going to uh, say yeah. So, because because we could we could talk about each name and right. have this be a four hour podcast. But, 
No, thank you. Um, I got a couple more I haven't even written about yet. J- uh, Jaden Ross and Solomon Ball from Team Mello. Brandon Gardner from Boo Williams. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Bay, or not Bay, but uh, Folly Badunga. Your boy. I thought it was Flory. Flory, Flora, whatever. Flory. Flory Badunga. I just remember Badunga. That's that's the part that's stuck in my head right now. 6'10", 2024 from Kokomo, Indiana. And... uh, he dunked everything with his elbows. Like it was unbelievable watching this kid get off the floor. <laughs> Block shots, rebounds, dunks. Like you're watching him just going, who the beep is that? So you'd say you'd like it the way that Badunga Dunk dunked? Wow. Very good. Very good, Aaron. Um, Missy Elliott, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> See you later, Chad. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Um, looks like it's just you and I, unless we're adding Chad back here soon. Uh, th- there he is. Yeah. He's back. Uh, he's, he's just. Don't ever do that again. He yeah. dropped the. Uh, it, was just a, it was a Missy Elliott. <laughs> I know what it was. Say it. Don't ever do it again. You. There's you, not going to be many other opportunities to drop a badunga dunk dunk. Unless yeah, you go to UC in two years. You you just got yourself a missy misdemeanor there, Aaron. So uh <laughs> I'm allowing I'm allowing that from Aaron from Brent. That's how bad yours was. <laughs> All right. Fair. Uh Good. so yes. of course, speaking of point guards, Chad and Aaron, that brings us to the transfer portal. Yay. Uh, doesn't seem like there's too much more conversation outside of what you can Talk hop on the board and read. Uh, there's the, obviously there was a visit from, uh, Kalu, Exeek Bay this past weekend. Uh, well, this past week, last week, Aaron, your thoughts on Kalu? Have you been able to, to get a look at Kalu at all? And, and your thoughts on potentially his addition to the team, if it were to happen where you could see him, him, rocking with the squad and, and different things of that sort. If I'm being honest, no, no, I haven't had a chance. Um, <laughs> okay. Largely because I, I I've talked about this before, but I don't, I don't get excited about anybody until they actually sign here. I don't put any right. time into the film or any of that. Yeah. Um, that said, uh, I know this is a guy that Chad's talked about. Um, he's, I don't know that he's, I, w- I don't know that I'd use the word high on him, but I, I think he thinks that he would fit in on this team. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, what have your thoughts been? I'm sure you've watched some film. You were ready. Yeah, so Cook. Well, I mean, Kalu is a, he's, he's a guy, you know, old dominion. Um, same, same conference as Monmouth, you know, Monmouth obviously came in and stole the hearts of uh, the Cincinnati faithful, but yeah, it, he's, he's a player that, I guess you could say undersized for a five, uh, six foot eight. Mammoth's not in Conference USA. No. Oh shoot. No, they they played Mammoth. Sorry, my bad. I think he put up good stats against Mammoth. Is what I meant to say. Mammoth came in and took the hearts, but Kalu could come in and take the hearts of the Bearcats. So here's the thing. I 
he's he's got an interesting looking jump shot. He can run the floor. He was the player of the week a couple of times in Conference USA. Conference USA, a pretty solid conference, like Chad has mentioned before. It's one um, step below the American. Right, right. He averages – he, he could score. Doesn't really have range out to the three-point line that I can see at all. But definitely can knock down some mid-range jumpers. He's got some athleticism. Six foot eight. Uh, but I think what he brings is, yeah, what he brings is just kind of just that like size and, you know, he's going to, he's going to battle, you know, it seems like he's got some, some physicality to him. Uh, seems like he's, he's got a bit of a mean streak at times. Uh, someone that I think could come in, you know, obviously pretty solid from the free throw lines about 73 and a half is what I'm reading, but that means he'll come in here and shoot 63 and a half. So, uh, you know, kind of read that for what it's worth, but still it's, it's, he, he seems as if he would fit that mean streak, fit what you want that you kind of miss that, that kind of a, not really a bully, but I guess you could say a bully down low that, that would bring, bring some scoring punch with him as well. So um, if you are a guy that follows the social media trends, it looks like some players on the team would follow him. I don't know if that's more of just like he visited. So you exchange social medias and now you're following each other. Uh, how much to read into it, but it seems like, Obviously, the staff is likes him to bring him in for a visit, and so you know, I think he, I think he has parts to his game that would be, you know, good additions. I is he this long, athletic, rim rim protecting big? Yeah, he has some games where he had, had multiple block shots, but he's not going to go out there and and be a a giant force on the you know blocking shots and, and rim protecting. But I think he he could be a a pretty solid physical big man for the Bearcats um, that has some scoring punch to it. So that's the scoring punch is the thing. Like, yeah, this team couldn't, you couldn't throw it to anybody and get a basket last right. year. Yeah. That you said he, does he, such he, damage to your offense. You said he averaged what? Nine, 11 last year, something like that. 11, 11, 11.3. Yeah. And 7.1. I think nine was where you said maybe he could, if he gets nine, then you've already improved. That's like three of the big guys yeah. from last year with one guy. This team needs somebody offensively that can be a threat. Right. That the defense at least has to respect and, and can't just say one guy can wipe out whatever they put on the floor at the five. Right. You can't have that. It, it just, it, it, it does so much to take away your balance and your spacing. Because what happens if, if you have that guy that's a threat and you throw it to him and the defense reacts and you, and weak side has to sag, like to keep an eye on him. And all of a sudden he kicks it back out. It gets rotated. Boom. You get an open three. Like there was none of that last year. Mm -hmm. Or he throws a skip pass. With the, when the double team comes and the guy steps into a three, like it's just stuff like that that this team didn't have. So, am I do I think he's like the you know Danny Fortson? No, but do I think he would give this team something that they sorely lacked yes last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and 
First off, I want to say I have no idea why I said Monmouth at all. He never played against Monmouth. <laughs> so I want to get that out of the way before someone bombards me with it. To be honest with you, it was I was probably looking at stats of some other player because, man, too many names are getting thrown around. Exactly. With, See? With not, portal. But not, when you, when you but, don't look at the videos. But, you know, how many times would, would Abdullah Doe catch the ball you know, 20 feet away from the basket and there's not a defender within – eight feet of him, you know? Well, Kalu has some some range. I'm not going to say he's going to knock down these, these you know, deep twos at a high clip, but if you watch his tape, he does have the ability. His shot's a little little funky, but he, he has the ability to make some shots out there, so you at least have to come out and defend him, which also opens up the court a little bit more. So, yeah, so I agree. Um, you know, it, not every single piece is going to be exactly what you want there's i mean as chad has mentioned right you know it's it's not uber eats you don't get to order like you don't get to like all right we want uh we need this he's got to be six four he's got to shoot 35 percent three yeah he's got to be able to defend uh three positions Mm -hmm. that's not how this shit works six eleven three and a half block shots a game i want him to have the ability to knock down the outside shot as well. Yeah, no, I, because obviously you've seen all throughout social media and also, you know, on the board as well, the, the transfer portal is crazy. And those, those high level unicorn type players are, man, they're, they're getting unicorn type followings and unicorn type wishes as well. So um, it's, well, at the end of the day, doesn't everyone want that though? Like, yeah. The game's not very different from school to school. Let's be honest. Like everyone wants the, the, those same yeah, the same styles are might be a little bit different, but everybody wants like a, a six four point guard that can pass, shoot, and defend. Yeah. That is that is not a hard evaluation to make. Right. I agree. I agree. So um I guess he's he's the name to continue to track because obviously he was in on a visit and whatnot. Uh Show couple other names you see in his top six. Yep, He's the one to watch. Rob Denise is one to watch. Uh, I think the point guard for Moorhead State could be one to watch potentially. Who? No, Fantasy? Uh, the, no, Fantasy's from Indiana. Yeah, there's a point guard for Moorhead State. Cooper, oh, no. oh, no, I thought you said, yeah, I was just, um, yeah, Cooper, Taylon Cooper. Yeah, do the players in the portal have to sign on May 1st? No, they have to be in the portal by May 1st. In order to get their free transfer year, they have to be in the portal by May 1st. After that, they can sign whenever. Yep. I mean, Kendrick Davis just put his name into the portal. Uh, What we're seeing this year, year. what we're seeing this year is that the portal is, is operating a lot slower. Guys are taking their time, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're being a little bit more deliberate. Where last year, because it was kind of the first year of this thing, it was like a race. Like, right? It was like a sprint. This yeah. is becoming more of like a distance run. It's becoming more of like a mile or a five k. Yeah. Where guys are being smart about it. They're 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 weighing their options. They're being a little bit more deliberate. So you've got to you know. You have to change what you're seeing as the information changes. Mm. You you can't I, I get when this year's portal started. Everybody felt well, this is gonna be a lot like last year. 
Right. And everything's going to happen so fast. And we're going to get to, you know, the middle of April and half the portal is going to be committed. Yep. That hasn't been the case. We're looking at what, like 15% of the portal yeah. has found a home. And, you know, that that's going to start increasing as guys, you know, get comfortable with their options and, and make a decision. But it's also the, the people just aren't in as much of a rush this year because guess what? It's not going anywhere. Like you, you're allowed to take some time and, and make a decision. I do think we're going to start seeing spots fill up. Right. Like this is this kid's top five and the school's looking for a point guard and they just landed three point guards. And now he's basically got a top two. Yep. Because the other three aren't options anymore because they filled a spot. I do think that's going to happen. And and this is also the first transfer portal, one free transfer, easy waiver season with the NIL involved as well, which is yeah. another just massive, massive part of this whole entire equation. Um, How many times can a transfer use the portal? As every many as they year. want. Every but single they, year. But they only get the free one-year exemption once, like the free transfer exemption once. Right. Then you have to get a waiver if you're going to use the exemption again or if you're going to if you're gonna not have to sit out. Yep. Um, so, I, you know, I, I do feel like it'll be kind of like an avalanche, though, because... Once it starts, yeah, it's going to start rolling downhill. And it's, it's, it's getting started. Right. We're at, yeah. the, we're at the top. There's a little snowball at the top. Yep. It Brandon hasn't Murray started. goes to Georgetown. He was the top right. one in, in the portal. Now all of a sudden Kendrick Davis comes in. He's now the new top one in the portal. Hey, you know, it it just it'll slowly just be okay. All of a sudden, oh Georgetown's filled. This like you said, Chad, this guy that had Georgetown in his top five no longer is Georgetown part of his top five. And then it'll just continue to trickle. You know, Purdue signs this player out of the portal. Well, this player no longer has Purdue in his top five. Different things of that sort. So, well, perfect thing like Purdue. They're right. also in on Rob Fennessy. Right. Which that should tell people. My hair's a mess. Iowa well, was big on Rob Fennessy as well. Um, that should tell people the Big Ten has respect for Rob Fennessy. Yeah. Regardless of what fans think, like the league has respect for him. The big one to watch with Purdue is Nigel Pack. Because if Purdue gets Nigel Pack, and I saw like, well, Purdue's only recruiting Rob Fennessy because they need a backup point guard. You think Nigel Pack's coming to Purdue to be a backup point guard? No, they're recruiting a point guard. Like, some of the assumptions and leaps that are made uh, in the transfer portal thread. Oof. Hey, oof. It's, a, it's a fun follow, though, isn't it? Um. No, no. <laughs> we got to get to the mailbag. Yeah, I I was gonna say. Um, when does anything... the hold on one more one more real quick? When does the fifth year COVID end? When every player that was in college basketball in 2020 graduates, it's done. So let's put it this every way. player when Mason Madsen exhausts his eligibility, wherever he ends up. When when Mikey Saunders exhausts his eligibility if he uses his COVID. Well, but then you're going to have other guys that like they blow out a knee and they sit for a year. They're still going to have their COVID year. Basically 2025. 
is when you're not. No, that's that's for real. Yeah, we'll stop seeing COVID years have... in 2025. Brad Davison will still be playing. He will be in year nine. Per- Perry Ellis has one more year of eligibility. Here we go. Lock him in. No, no. <laughs> the the answer though is 2025. Maybe even on a guy that gets hurt twice. 2026. Jalen Coleman lands has it's entered the transfer portal. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I just think that's hilarious. But anyway, um, yeah, just obviously check the boards. Uh, names are readily up to date on there. Um, as you mentioned, Chad McNeil dropped his top six. It was uh, named to, tr- to check on there. Uh, then, of course, Rob Fennessy, um, Kalu just visited. And as new names come and interest builds, Keep on checking back to BCJ because Chad Chad will not leave you hanging. He'll highlight the ones to watch out for and go from there. So Brent, yes, Brent, sir. I got a question. Ready? Are you curious to explore what lies beyond standard craft beer? Sometimes. Does Teak live there? You should take a trip to Urban Artifact. They don't make beer; they make fruit tarts. Come see what the world of real fruit has to offer. Swing by Urban Artifacts Northside Tap Room. Mention Bearcat Journal. Get two dollars off a flight of four tasters. Cheers, Aaron. I still haven't been able to make it down there. My life sucks right now. Mm. I haven't. You, if you want to, if you want to wonder exactly how chaotic my life has been, I have not been able to go get free beer. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a that's just the reality of the situation. There is free beer waiting for me at Urban <laughs> Artifact, and I've not been able to go get it. Yeah. Well, hopefully things continue or get on the right path, and you are able to get free beer plenty, and even a couple of free beers from uh, from myself and Aaron. And, I and I, I want to set up. I just want to I want to plant the seed. I'm going to set up for everybody that wants to like uh, all the, the BCJ members curious about NIL and all that stuff. I think we should set up maybe a, uh, a Sunday BCJ Sunday fun day, Sunday fun day, BCJ meet and greet at urban artifact. Oh, in the reliquary. Okay. I'm in Scotty. We need to make that happen. Sometime is there sometime in May? I know that's like wedding season. I know it's difficult. Maybe we can uh we can we can Sundays are better. It. He t- he did tell me Sundays are better. We can double it with Aaron's diaper party and everybody can bring uh Ooh. gifts to Aaron's diaper party. Wow. And we can double it with like a like BCJ this. meet and greet. I don't think gonna, your family would mind, right, Aaron? I'm gonna get you so many diapers, Aaron. I don't know, we'll see. If you we'll tell see. your wife no, or your girlfriend, it's a, it's a, it's sorry, girlfriend, the, the diaper party is a point of contention right now in my family. It has nothing to do with with the lady here. So, yeah. So screw your fa- screw everybody else. It's about her. It's well, not about my, everybody else. My mom listens to this podcast. I'm not getting into this right now. <laughs> We're just trying to get you some more diapers, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the doghouse. Is what I'm gonna be. I'm gonna get you the diapers with Mickey on them. I like. 
You're gonna like those diapers, man. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity, diggity dog. dog. Hot Aaron, Aaron. Open up the mailbag. Mailbag. All right, here we go. All right, so we don't have a sponsor for the mailbag. If you're out there and you want to sponsor the mailbag, by the way, the mailbag sponsored by Aaron's future diaper party at Urban <laughs> Artifacts. Timestamp, y'all. All right, so the first question in the mailbag: um, Who are our true this the football portion? Uh, who are our true recruiting rivals now? Win as many as we lose, and who do you think are the teams that are one step above that we are trying to catch? Ohio State is a step above. Um, we haven't seen many tussles with Penn State lately, which is interesting. I don't think that they've they've been as active in Ohio as they were maybe two, three years ago. But the competition is always going to be like that second tier of the Big Ten, right? Yep. Michigan State. Well, I feel like you're Michigan. Also, I feel like you'll you also see some West Virginia. Yeah, I mean, now that like with the move to the Big Twelve, West Virginia is going to see Even an opportunity that. that With the move to the Big 12, West Virginia is going to see an opportunity to be more of a factor in Ohio because those kids are going to be guaranteed, you know, every other year they're going to play in Ohio. Every year they're going to be playing Cincinnati, whether it be home or away. Um, that'll be an opportunity for West Virginia to get even more involved in the Ohio scene, which I think we're seeing from them uh, now that Cincinnati's been accepted into the Big 12. Pitt has always Iowa been kind State. of Iowa State because Matt Campbell wants to recruit Ohio. Uh, Louisville was for a while, but they I haven't been. been much, yeah. They haven't been much of a factor, and and obviously, I think Kentucky. Like if there's a recruiting rival, it's Kentucky. Yeah, the shit that they pull is unbelievable. It's oh. unbelievable. Like it, it's hard to get your brain around Kentucky. Offering a kid an hour after he commits to Cincinnati or Kentucky offering a kid. Yeah. Like offering a kid that is on his official visit to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And like, like it it is a recruiting rivalry behind the scenes. They hate each other. What about offering offering a kid that was on a visit with a kid that you're recruiting because you found out, more from the kid that you're recruiting. Yeah. Who's that's what I was getting at. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was getting at a minute ago. Bananas. Yeah. Like Cincinnati hates Kentucky. Kentucky hates Cincinnati. Like it's on the recruiting FCC trail. Football, bro. Yeah. Oh, okay. Come get your ass kicked in the SEC. Um, also from NKY Slim. Uh, it seems we're now investing more in Michigan recruiting, but with the move to the Big 12, what other recruiting areas do you think UC should invest more time and resources in? If you find the right assistant, Texas matters. Uh, I think Perry Young was a guy that had a bunch of ties to Texas. I don't know that they have that right now. So um, you don't want to do it just to do it, right? You don't like you don't want to just say we're making our guys that don't have any connections in Texas recruit Texas. Because you're not gonna if you don't have the connections, you're not gonna win those battles. You're gonna get mentioned, but you're not gonna have the juice to win because somebody else is always gonna have that juice ahead of you. Right. Um from there, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. Like Ohio. maybe you get a little bit more traction in Florida. 
Florida. Because now UCF is is also with you in the Big 12. Um, West Virginia but, means you get to bring over those guys from Philly and that a little that bit DMV. Oh, that's more, but that's that's more just Hitch having the connections having that, that Hitch has right. in in Pennsylvania and Philly. Um, so it, it, you work what your coaches are good at working. You work where the guys that you've hired are connected. Like that's that's the key. You hire a staff that has connections, and then you work the connections that they have that were the reason you hired them. Michigan with James Ross is going to continue to be an even bigger factor. And as we talked about, the Bearcats are hot in Michigan right now, and that's not going to slow down when Sauce Gardner goes in the top five, right? Ross is a gravitating coach, too. You could tell the players were, like, yeah. throwing their arm around him and just, you know, I I mean. He's a young, young guy. Coaches, he played college yeah. football in 2016. Yeah. I mean, his – his uh his mic'd up. It's like, coach, when are you gonna show us your tape? This that it's just like you know, it's right, it's that connection, it's it's big. All right. Uh was talking with a friend today when the conversation came to Ronnie Lott having part of his pinky removed so he could play for the 49ers instead of having to miss a game. Would you rather lose a finger or a toe? Go bearcats. Uh a a, a portion of my pinky, I would I think I could be okay with. Yeah, I think the toes you need for balance. Fun. Like the toes, pinky toe, you need. man. Pinky toe, you use that balance. Right, right. Like maybe a portion of your middle toe. What do you? Re- what really is your middle toe good for? You know, I don't even whole, think I can take a whole toe. I don't care. Toe. Like, my right? Toe what does that toe? Move. What is? What does that toe do? And I, I don't like, like. If I'm really falling down, I guess my middle toe might help me, but like. Not as much as my pinky and my big. Right. And like in your like you need your thumb. You like, but I could I could go with a nub on the pinky, I think, yeah, and, I mean, and like survive. Grab grab stuff like this. I want I want I want all my digits. Give me take a toe. You're going middle toe. Like what take toe? toe? What right toe? Now. What toe? Take a toe. Huh? What toe? Put them all in a hat. Put them all in a hat. I don't Get care. It, what toe, Aaron? Take your big toe and you can't even walk. That's fine. Terrible, so answer. Terrible, Terrible answer. Terrible answer. All right. Um, we did Horrible. have a question uh, for Brady in the bag. Uh, save that. He might be on with us next I week. I think next sure. week should be reasonable. Um, this week made no sense. We had – we're at two hours. We're content. at an hour and 45 minutes, and we're like two questions yeah. into the mailbag. Um, also, a question about the freshman and early enrollees. It's all over the boards. Um, Go look at the the, the commit commits for 2021 and it'll tell you who's here and who's not uh who are we targeting at running back for 2023 after a few recent commitments elsewhere i I don't ask mick he's not on this podcast any plans for either ben or evan to work out with a quarterback coach like jordan palmer or is that reserved for likely drafted quarterbacks i remember last year there was quite a big jump in evan's skills from spring to higher ground any plans already made for this summer to work on their individual game you kind of got to be one of the elite guys to get jordan palmer and not jesse palmer like you're not working to be on the bachelor he he did he did edit it on the on the board as i'm reading it now he did have jesse when i copied and pasted this question okay like getting the invite to work with jordan palmer is you're one of the elite quarterbacks in the country and 
Jordan Palmer has identified you as someone he wants to work with. That's how those things work. Like, like remember they used to have like the Steph Curry basketball camp and the LeBron James basketball camp. You you didn't just go to that because you wanted to go. You you got to be one of the the top guys, and then you mm-hmm. get invited. Yep. The Manning passing camp, same deal. So All right. hey, have a great season, guys. All out this year, and then next year we'll see. Jesse Palmer will be asking if you will accept this. <laughs> Is James Ross the third now in town? When is he expected to start coaching duties? Um, I think this was answered in the mailbag after I posted it here, but uh, yeah, he was on the wired Wednesday. So and he, he was at, at practice and yeah, he looks like a player to be honest. Yeah. They, they announced him officially, right? Like, yeah. so he's, he's here. Yep. Generally those guys have been here for like two weeks mm-hmm. when they get announced officially. That's how that works. Between now and camp higher ground, what does the new offensive line coach do with the linemen? Uh, tell them to get better. Like it, 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 you, you can only coach them in the coaching periods, which are probably yeah, more of a Brady spring. thing, right? Yeah, that this is a Brady thing. Like Cummings is going to say, "I want this guy to look like this. I want this guy to look like that." And then it's up to Brady to get the work done. Um, they'll have meet like they can have some meetings here and there um, where they get in and start looking at that tape from spring ball. And this is what we want you to work on. But in terms of like what they can do on the field, not really anything in that gap from the end of spring ball to the start of of camp higher ground. I will say Tunstall looks good. Um, Mm -hmm. And and Cam Jones looks like he has fully morphed into a division one high level offensive tackle as well. So uh, yeah, Cam I mean, is in the process of taking that next step. Yeah, he definitely is. He's had a really good camp. Yes, or spring ball, whatever you want to call it. All right, that is it for the football portion of the mailbag. If we were sponsoring you, we would insert another sponsor read right here. So moving on to the basketball portion of the mailbag. If you were sponsoring us, not if we were sponsoring you. Yes. Alessane Amadou was named a standout in Indianapolis last week. What are our chances with another Philly Pride recruit? His name did not come up, so I don't know. Like it was not a, a name that was on my my list or a name that was mentioned uh, as I've been going back today and trying to make calls about who to potentially, you know, talk about and and watch going forward so uh no intel on him uh in terms of uc all right is uc's lack of a good apparel sponsor relationship now in the under armor dead period impacting them in the nil world would a brand new deal help them help level that playing field uh no because that like you're not getting shoe deals as a factor in the NIL world yet. If Cincinnati got a Jordan brand deal uh, and signed a top 10 recruit, maybe. But as it stands, that's not the water that recruiting is swimming in right now. So uh, 
No, I don't believe so. Swimming in crazy waters, but not yet the craziest waters. So right. Speaking of crazy waters, do you have to hate yourself to look in the transfer portal thread? Uh, I don't hate myself. I hate some of you. <laughs> I love all of you. He's kidding. Kind of. Kind of kidding. Uh, which of Mick's last recruits ended up being the biggest loss? Logan Johnson. Lojo. I mean, it, the kid just had so many Bearcat qualities, right? Like, oh yeah, he's gonna be he good. could defend. He was super athletic. He was a great kid. He he really grew into uh, a, an outstanding player that impacted winning. Yeah, like NBA I, legacy. Huh? Like his, his, his brothers in the NBA. I mean, yeah, high, like, high level athleticism and yeah, I. I would have liked to see what uh, Nasir would have would have been as a senior. Yeah, but I it just had one one year left. Like it, I, the thing is, I guess there would have been a turned it into three. <laughs> More power to Nas. More power to Nas. Still, I, is he in the portal? Is, is he is he looking for another year somewhere? I heard, um, he's, heard he's transferred back. The the thing with Nas is. He would have made a major impact on that particular team yeah. with Jaron and Trey and Keith. Like you mm-hmm. would have had a legit NCAA tournament quality starting five. Uh that they they just kind of Chris Vote had a good first half of the year, then he got hurt and he kind of fell off a cliff. Uh some people would have liked to have pushed him off of one at some point, but that wasn't his fault. It was just fans overreacting to things that they don't understand. Um, he would have gone to war. He would have from 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 the bunker. He would have gone my, to war. My uh, answer is uh, the what the Jaron Cumberland senior year under McCrona would have been. Say that was the biggest loss. That's fair. All right. Do shoe companies matter anymore for recruiting? I.e. Griffith being. Adidas and us being Under Armour. Uh, if you are a Nike program and recruiting Nike kids, yeah, it matters. Do Under Armour and Adidas have much juice in that world anymore? Not really. They don't. They don't produce enough kids to really like have it be a factor. They don't produce enough elite kids. I. I don't know if I saw a five-star kid this weekend. Is 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 this part still illegal, technically? And and like, are you allowed to get an NIL deal if if you go to Mark to Maryland, Maryland? Jesus, if if you go to Maryland, can you get an NIL deal from UA? Sure, but we haven't seen them do that. Right. But I, I mean, they could. That's what I just said in the in the previous answer. Like we we haven't seen the shoe companies enter the NIL world really. So like, until they do, yeah, I bet they're trying to figure out a way to. I I don't know. I because I mean they've got endless money there, so it's kind of just Under Armour does it. Under Armour's broke AF. Well, the owner's a billionaire. <laughs> okay. 
So but all it takes is, is one phone call and saying, hey, lob, but, uh, th- but lob that's us the one, bag. That's, that's one school. You can't pay a kid in Bitcoin. Yeah. If the under if the if the guy that owns Under Armour is helping anyone, it is Maryland and only Maryland. And Kevin Willard. Right. He he's not like throwing a bone to Cincinnati. Right. Like True. that, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 Like that's it's but I'm sure Nike changed. would with other places than Oregon. They'd probably do it with all their Sure, that's what I said. If you're a Nike program looking to get Nike kids, it matters. If you're a high-end Nike program looking to get Nike kids, it matters. If not, and the thing is, those high-end Nike programs really don't need a whole lot of help. Like, What what help does Duke need except for against Kansas? Right? Like, what help does Kentucky need except for against Duke? Right. Like, oh, yeah. I agree. They don't need help beating Cincinnati for a kid. That's for damn sure. And they've got another, enough other basketball centric boosters where it right. doesn't. Yeah. So the shoe companies, like, it's, it's kind of, I'm sure it will come back as a factor, but right now it doesn't play a big role. I'm sure the whole FBI thing still being somewhat recent. Eh, nobody cares about that. Uh, except for those losing. The NCAA hasn't done anything to punish. So why would anyone care? Yes and no. They seem right. to be on their way to doing it. Bruce Pearl got like, they they flicked the head of his penis and that was it. Well, but, All right, any, but aren't they saying any chance Kansas, of- will be, Kansas will be Disqualified from postseason next year is the potential fallout from it and different things of that sort. So Kansas just won a fucking national championship. You think they care? We'll take next year off. That's cool. Thanks, bro. We cheated our ass off and we're putting a banner up. True. True. Good point. Any chance that West dips more into the high school ranks for some bigs such as Ameka, Ilo, or Jerome Bea? How far down a wormhole did you have to go to discover the names of Emeka Ilo or Jerome Bea? And that that's one. Do something better with your Saturday. <laughs> Kidding. Two, they already have a project big in, in Sage Tolentino. They don't need a project big. They need a big that it's going to be Kalu, Kalu Ezekpe, Ezekpe, whatever it is, to come in and, and make an impact right now. I'm just going to call that dude Kai, Caillou if he comes here. I'm just always going to refer to him as Caillou. I'm going to kick you from the stream every time you call him Caillou <laughs> because it induces levels of rage in me that I can't explain. It makes me more mad than the transfer portal thread. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a picture to pop up too when we talk about him. <laughs> Brent, what do you think about being the producer of these podcasts? Pretty easy job. I'll do it. I always said with your the transfer easy. portal becoming with the transfer portal becoming popular every year. How important is it for West to keep good relationships with recruits, especially in-state recruits, when they choose another school? 
Very important. Just like in football. Yeah. Very important. And you saw these, the bigger names go elsewhere and keep that connection. Yeah. There were three or four kids I saw being watched this weekend. And it's like, what's, what's the deal with that one? And it's like, he's got a chance to be pretty good at a mid-major in two years. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's crazy. Uh, is it fair to say McNeil, Azikpe, and Finnessy are the top transfer targets currently? Also, how are the Bearcats trying to compete against six-figure NIL deals like rumored with Murray and others? Uh, it is fair to say McNeil, Azikpe, and Finnessy are top transfer targets. They're not necessarily the top transfer targets, but they are names that we know to monitor Currently, uh, how are the Bearcats trying to compete against six-figure NIL deals? They're working on it. Are they going to be ready to compete in this transfer portal cycle? Probably not. By next year, I think the plan is to be up and running in that field, in that endeavor. But you have an athletic director that doesn't think that that's important. So there's going to be some internal things behind the scenes that are going to have to be resolved uh, in the lender center. Well, and, and look at the connections with, with these guys, you know, McNeil's from Kentucky, Tennessee. Yeah. Northern Kentucky, right. Union. uh, And then Tennessee, obviously connections with Mike Roberts. So for the time being, it's just, you know, these are the, the names with connections to and Ezekiel at, at one point in time was crystal ball to UNC right. Greensboro exactly so before yeah. he went to ODU so even again, though there's those NIL the deals floating around it's it still goes back to connections so if each of you were in charge of a hypothetical NIL marketing recruitment for Ravon how would you pitch it and what companies would sell him or fit best BCJ members get to vote on the best answer. That was what they said, not not me. I know. I, I that's not how it's going. <laughs> it's not like Skyline's going to give him fifteen thousand dollars to be in a commercial. It's that you know eventually the way things are going, a collective is going to be built. He'll probably go spend like seven or eight different weekends over the course of his career at a, a kid's home or a charity of some kind that, that matters to him. And then he'll be paid a significant sum of money to show up. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's where it's going. This isn't a matter of like P and G is going to sign Rayvon Griffith to a $200,000 NIL deal. I might tell him to open up every Press conference with the how are we? And then uh, that'll be my NI deal with uh, Ray Bonkerfield. How much you paying? That's an undisclosed agreement between me. No, and no, no. Disclosed. I, I want, I want. This is the charity that he's going to be funding. Um, so. Who? Don't worry those numbers. It's, it's the Brent Young Foundation. $7. $7. How, $7. how are we? I'm funding it in full. 
So $14.50. No, I'll do the 15000 for sure. Okay, you got 15 Gs? Easy, easy. If you got 15 Gs, I can make something happen tomorrow, bro. Let's 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 bring them in. Sign. Put them. your dick on the track. <laughs> Aaron, do you ever pronounce goes goza? Uh, no, I, I feel like those who pronounce it goza are pretentious, and I'm not here for your beer snobbery. Oh. Well, okay. Excuse me. I'm gonna be completely honest. I don't even know what that means. What I don't either. It? I'm completely in the dark here. What is a goza? Some people pronounce it goza. That word go g o s e. Goose. Well, it's because I, I, I said last week that my favorite beer by Urban Artifact was the Key Lime Goes. Oh, okay. And I pronounce it goes, as is phonetically correct. I am not pronouncing that word goza. But is it maybe a different, like you know, language? Perhaps. Yeah. If so, uh, I, language. I, 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 I speak American. Hell yeah! There's an e Hell at the yeah. end, so I'm going to use the full o. It's goes. That so so. Did you know I made a pitch like many many years ago that the uh, slogan for the American Conference should have been America. Hell yeah! <laughs> did you did you throw it out of Reska? What did he say? They, they didn't listen to me for some reason. <laughs> Maybe because we Shocker. crushed him on Twitter for seven years. <laughs> Your favorite season in the basketball calendar spring there's nothing i love more than getting out to aau stuff i know by the end of spring i'm ready to flip it off and tell it to kiss my ass mm-hmm. but like, it, like the ability this weekend to just get out on the road spend some time talking to my guy luke murray uh who's now with with danny hurley at uconn about how insufferable danny was mm-hmm. during the bengals run to the super bowl what uh, was the answer Oh, he, was, he said he was insufferable. Like because those those games were, whew. right? Um, I just love getting out and getting a chance to like sit around and watch games with guys that like are just so invested in the sport and know the sport and know the trends and like what's going on behind the scenes, so that not only I can like learn it, but so I can bring that stuff to you guys, like. I've done this for, I think this is my 13th or 14th season being out on the road doing AAU stuff. And I've built a lot of friendships and, you know, you get to talk to a lot of national guys and you get to talk to, you know, people that have just been around the game forever and ever and ever. Mm -hmm. And you get a different perspective on things. And I think it makes me better at this. It gives me better perspective at this. It gives me a chance to build different relationships. I've met a couple people, new people this weekend that I did not know uh, that have been around the game forever. So like for me, like the season is the season, right? Like you just cover the season. Like there's peaks and valleys and ups and downs and whatever. But in terms of growing the site, growing me, my knowledge of the game, what I can bring to the people that subscribe to Bearcat Journal, like the spring is the best. The summer is is right there, but like July is so hectic that you're just like it, you're always popping from place to place. You're not ever really like you know like there was a there's been a series of weekends in July where it's like Wednesday through Sunday, and you do 
it starts Wednesday at noon. You do Wednesday at noon, and then maybe you go back and do Thursday morning at one place. Then you're in your car for four hours to the next spot, and you do a day and a half there. Then you're in your car for four hours to the next spot. You do a day and a half there. And by the time you get home, there's so much that you're like, I don't even remember what I did. <laughs> right? Like, right. it was just nonstop. And that's, like, it's awesome. But I don't know. Yeah. Aaron, what's, uh, what's your favorite? Uh, my favorite is probably... I would go like that end of the season, like when when conference tournaments start March. through through the end of of the um, actual NCAA tournament. March. Yeah. Traditionally, we aren't we aren't on the outside looking in, wondering what it was like. So it's yeah. been a weird couple of years. Until like Saturday of the first weekend, and then well, mine is always March. Man, I love March. I'm an April guy, fellow. April and May, man. I get yeah. to go to Fort Wayne. I get some Oli's pizza. Mm-hmm. That's always important to me. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, moving on to the Jason last... K's thing that we posted out there for a second. That That's uh, pretty interesting. Rayvon on IG Live right now saying he might commit soon. That would seem to favor us. I would agree there. If he commits soon, that's very good news for the Bearcats. But... He's right. Kids just say things to say things. Uh, Cincinnati would like him to commit soon. If sure. he would like to yeah. commit soon, I think it would be good for the Bearcats. We'll sure. I, would, I wouldn't do hope that. We will accept your commitment, Rayvon. Thank uh, you. Uh, so moving on to the, the Banks portion of the mailbag. Uh, over under for a number of wins for your Cincinnati Redlegs. I didn't expect him to go 500 in the first series. That surprised the hell out of me. Uh, that said, I still don't know that I go much higher than. I mean, it was against the Braves. It, it still surprised me. That said, I don't expect him to go. I still don't expect him to go over seventy wins. I think seventy. Don't go over seventy. You think? Yeah. Vegas has seventy-four and a half. I think seventy. I, I would go seventy-four. So I would go right under. Uh, the thing for me is this bullpen. Like, I don't know anyone. And mainly, I don't Art know Warren's anyone. Warren's former Bearcat. Mainly, I don't know anyone because, like, 80% of them are making their major league debut when they take the mound for the first time this season. Mm-hmm. Like, opening day, there were three guys in three consecutive innings making their major league debut. Might these guys be good? Yes, they might. But... There are going to be peaks and valleys, and that's not going to allow this team to get the red to near 80 wins. The Reds ownership said they didn't want peaks and valleys anymore. No, that's that's not gonna happen right. anymore, Chad. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. The the problem is they about? said they wanted to also eliminate the peaks. I'll tell you one thing, Hunter Green is fun. Man. Yeah. Hitting twenty, uh... hitting a hundred twenty times. Everybody's like this. This is what a world Chapman should have been. Yeah, I there's things I worry about with Hunter Green, though. Well, as well, you should. There's not a lot of movement on that fastball. It's fast. It's fast. Okay. But there's not a lot of movement. 
and I, there are there are questions about those secondary pitches. His changeup well, has been a revelation. You also have to be a little concerned about anybody that young throwing it that hard, that he's that luckily, many times in a game. Luckily, he's already had the the Tommy, Tommy John. John. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, favorite Joey moment, and why is it him dressing as a Mountie for an MLB interview? Uh, that was a fantastic. So that many. might no. that might be the best <laughs> of all of them. That I don't know, man. I I I think last year for me it was the um the he did like a like while he was hurt he did a half a game as an analyst yeah that was unbelievable well and then opening night when he did that yeah. half inning like that was something i don't think there's anybody else in baseball that they could replicate the way he weaved that between interesting funny informative like that guy is here's the thing joy while playing yeah while playing in the middle of a fucking inning at first base Mm -hmm. yeah that guy is going to be a hall of fame player and if he chooses to do this he'll go down as the best color analyst in baseball history because he gets it he gets the weed the, the, be informative, talk the game, be funny, be interesting, be a little off center so that people can't really get it like a read on you, right? That half inning was was his finest work. Yeah. Well, and they will so. they will try and replicate that on other baseball broadcasts. And it's never going to be. It's never going to you be can. quite that. His uh, social media is really blowing up. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's a he's he's a funny dude, man. He yeah. He, he took took the sleeveless jerseys and ran with it. Um, he's very very Canadian. Oh yeah, definitely. very Canadian. I think just the way he's embraced um, the city as well. I, yeah, I, it's been awesome. I, I mean, it's everyone loves Joey Votto in Cincinnati. I don't think you can find anyone that would disagree with that. So, uh, I don't know. A lot of things love about right. Joey. Awesome skins, rapid fire, graders or UDF? I'm going graders. Gentlemen. UDF has always been closer to me than a graders, so I've always gone UDF. I think graders has better ice cream, but I've never had a graders like close enough in Northern Kentucky to where it was like, I'm going to graders. I don't think Chad gets rapid fire. Uh, Graders. There you go. Reds game or Bengals game? Reds. 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 And except for this year, I'm not going to go Reds game. Uh, Marlboro or Camel? Camel. Camel. No comment. Um, and then he also had another question that I couldn't fit even into its own box. Uh, last question. Brent, I give you two options. You never get to do a destination wedding again and are stuck having to go to Branson, Missouri for all the weddings. Or Aaron dies and you have to raise his love child, but you're going to amazing destinations for weddings every year, and they do not fall on Saturdays in the fall. Which do you choose, and why does Aaron die? Oh, man. Oh, baby. Well, Branson, I maybe I guess I've mentioned it, going to Branson, Missouri for a bachelor party. Man, that place is terrible. Uh, <laughs> aside from some very beautiful golf courses that Tiger Woods, you know, you know put together, 
the place is terrible. It's it's a very bad spot. Uh, but you know what? I love Aaron, man. And I'm a lover, not a fighter. A liver, not a killer. So uh, Aaron's staying alive. I will I will swallow it up. I'll go to Branson, hang out at the Treehouse, which is the one local bar that has any semblance of, of life around my age. And uh, just just power through and keep golfing Buffalo Ridge and Payne's Valley until uh, until there's no more end. You can't have too many people left to get married at this point, right? You've been to like 14 destination weddings I've in got, the last two years. Five weddings this summer. Good Lord. Slash fall. Of course. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Anyone ever had Dot's Homestyle Pretzels? Found them at Kroger. It's Pretzel Crack. Best pretzels on the market. Are they... I need to know more. Are they frozen? Is it a soft pretzel? Right. No. Is it a soft pretzel? Dots is it a... pretzels. Y'all never heard of Dots pretzels? I'll be honest. No, no. It's the only hard pretzel I kind of like. Oh, it, I'm not I, a major I, pretzel guy. Oh, I'm a killer soft pretzel guy. North I love soft pretzels. The best soft pretzels out there. Make sure you get the good ones. I think they're the Bennies. They aren't the uh, the bad ones that go on the rotating thing. No, those are the bad ones. I love soft pretzels, but like I'm not going out of my way for them. I'm not a hard pretzel guy. Nah, yeah, these these yeah, these are the pretzel twists. Jason K, you got it. And they've got different flavors. I think one's like a Chipotle. It's his question. Jason K is Ken Dog, Jason Kenny. Oh man, but no, so Dots pretzels are the one pretzel that I like. You know the pub mix? Right now I got a pub mix that's been out there for like six months. There's like 80 pretzels and then nothing else in it right now. But Dots pretzels mix at all. You have a Dots pretzels pretzels. are are big time. That's pretzels you have a bowl time. of pretzels. You <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There, I mean, there's some other little stragglers in there, but mostly pretzels. For everyone, what was, what was your scariest and or weirdest moment you ever had in Clifton? Um, I don't. I don't have a scary moment in Clifton. I don't think. I truly don't think I have a scary moment. Uh, weirdest moment when I was on the field as the Bearcats won the AAC championship, and I was like. I wrote an article called "How did how did how did I get here?" That was weird. Did anyone answer that question yet? I'm joking. Um, for me, jokes are supposed to be funny. I thought it was hilarious. It was a joke. <laughs> if you told that joke, Aaron would laugh. Come on, please tell me. It's so because here's, I'm the boss, and he's trained to laugh at what I say. <laughs> Fair. So, huh. for me, clap, monkey. For me, the one was um, probably when I got <laughs> when I got dropped off at Clifton Garage or uh, Carey Garage and uh, Core Garage, my bad. And uh, my friend was like, "You got your keys and your wallet and your phone." I was like, "Get yeah, wallet, phone." Didn't have my keys. Stuck in Clifton for an entire day, looking for my keys. Never found them. Had to call the locksmith. That was a scary day in Clifton for me. <laughs> Very scary day. I don't really have one. Um, my life's pretty normal. <laughs> I, I, you know, I know it's not at all, but I just I think, haven't. Yeah. There's probably some stuff back, you know, when I was 20, 21 years old that we did dumb shit and probably could have got ourselves into a bunch of trouble, but I just kind of blanked those for my memory. So, uh, it is what it is. 
I'm sure if I had a friend around that could be, oh, uh, yeah, there's a couple. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> I'm about to say, think, think they're back. Not, think back. They're not, they're not good. For, they're not going to be told on a podcast. I'll tell you that. That's the mailbag. <laughs> um. Well, anything else, guys? Anything else as we uh, wrap up another BBP here? Yeah. This this Andrew fella had a similar situation to you, Brent. Okay. Went drove out from New Jersey to Cincy for a friend's wedding. Dropped his wallet at a gas station in Blue Ash. Didn't realize until he was on campus. Andrew, it's horrible. Blue right? Ash, like Blue Ash, you, they probably got you your wallet back at Blue Ash, right? Like, Maybe if, if you drop your wallet in Norwood, you're probably not getting your wallet back. Good riddance. Cretans <laughs> in Norwood. Ay, ay, ay. Well, that's uh, time for one last Urban Artifact timestamp. Special cheers. Give them hell, boys. Special thank you. But for Urban Artifact. Urban Artifact celebrates their seventh anniversary this month, Brent. They have wow. events every day from Tuesday, April 19th through Saturday, Sunday, April 24th. Stop in to celebrate with some world-class Fruit tots. There, Swing by Urban Artifacts Northside Tap Room. Mention Bearcat Journal to get two dollars off a flight. A flight of four tasters. Bang, bang, bang! Spyglass, tasty teak, very tasty. I enjoy. But uh, big thank you to Urban Artifacts, and huge thank you as well to Danco Auto Care, Danco Transmission. Huge thanks as always. But for my broadcast buddies, good pals. Friends, partners in crime, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. I am Brent Young. Yet again, this is another great BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!